Blog Talk Radio.
am. And that is so true. This Most High, this Yah of Israel, gives us joy. I love when the song say, there's freedom, though you've captured me. That's deep. Well, want to welcome everyone all over the probably world. Sooner or later, going to be listening. Every once in a while, we'll get hits out of the United States, so I have to say world. But for sure, the United States want to thank everybody for tuning in, especially those who have been listening to Five Smooth Stones since 2011. I really appreciate you. I really appreciate my brothers and sisters in Christ and those outside of Christ and those that are confusing you don't know what you are. I just want to thank you for tuning in for since 2011. We really have a nice little following and really appreciate it. I want to remind everybody, though, some of you have forgot to follow the show. You can follow Five Smooth Stones by simply going to the uh, front page. I'm sure you got a email or something, some link to this show, just look for the uh, follow button and click on it, enter your phone number, email, and you'll, you'll get a notice every single time we're on the air. We're on the air talking about all types of things. Pretty much what the Father is saying, whether or not it's heard in churches, that's what we kind of specialize in because, as you know, everything is not heard in, in a lot of these churches. And so Five Stone talks about whatever the Father is saying as best we can deliver it. We're not always perfect, but we sure are trying. Again, follow the show. Follow the show. And I also want to thank not just the followers since 2011, but my my, my family, my bloodline, the Douglas Kennedy family and friends that's been uh, following the show. Some of you, uh, last, I guess, it's been about three years since we had our family show. I want to thank you as well. Well, folks, tonight, tonight, what can I say? Tonight, tonight, tonight. Very popular show already. The phone lines is jam. Whoa. Area codes nine seven two six oh nine five one three two oh eight eight one seven. Texas in the house, Missouri in the house, and just just want to thank everybody for being on time. Those of you that are already here because you never know what you're gonna miss when you're late. But some of you tune in because you heard you got the message that we're gonna be interviewing the one and only. Bishop Robert E. Smith, Sr., and uh, we're going to be interviewing this man of God, and uh, I'll read here in a little bit the show's description. I think everybody get on board when I do this, because some of you just call the phone number every two weeks, and you ha- I mean, excuse me, every every Tuesday, and you don't know what we're talking about tonight, so I will read the show's description, but before I do, I want to say something, because some people might feel like, well, Seth, who are you? Who are you? I'm just a saint. I believe in the Most High. I believe He has many names. Some people say Yahweh. Some people say Yah. Some people say Yahuwah. Some people say the Most High. Some people say Burden Bearer. <laughs> Waymaker. But whatever you call the Most High, I acknowledge Him. And I hope and pray that my life lines up with every principle and precept he has given a man. I don't think it does, to be honest with you, because I miss it here and there, but I sure am trying. And I also acknowledge his son. Many of you call him Jesus. Of course, some of us know there were no J in Hebrew, and we prefer to speak Hebrew, so you may hear on the show tonight people say Yeshua or Yahshua or Yahweh. Don't be alarmed, folks. We're talking about the same 
being that walked the water, had a mother named Mary. Same Bible, same 66 books, including the maps in the back. So tonight, we're just going to talk about this man of the Most High, the man of God, this man of Yah, that I respect a lot. And I'm going to share something with y'all tonight that is really going to blow y'all's mind. Some very great news. Um, somebody, okay, now I just got a little message here. Says, say, uh, uh, we're actually listening, don't know if Okay, if you can hear me, uh, you dial the right number. Someone said they're listening in. Don't, don't know if they dialed the right number. If you can hear me, you dial the right number. All you're going to do is you're going to be on the show tonight. I'm talking to uh, the one and only Bishop Robert E. Smith, and anybody that's going to be hosting his uh, hosting him in their house or office or church, just press 1. That's all you got to do, and I'll see you, and we'll bring you on in a little bit. But folks, listen, I love this brother. One more, everybody know this. If you're looking for a witch hunt tonight, you got the wrong show. You just got the wrong show. It's not gonna happen. Not tonight. Not gonna. Not tonight. Not tonight. I love this brother. I love what he's doing. I love what he has done. I had the opportunity. To uh, uh, you know, one of the family members, the Douglas Kennedy, one of our family members, actually introduced him to our family through our Facebook blog. We have a family page of over 300 people, friends and of uh, 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 friends and family, uh, Douglas Kennedy uh, family and friends. And one of the family members introduced this brother, and a, a gentleman by the name of uh, I think his last name is Agnew, brother Agnew, actually posts. Uh, the bishop comments and, and sermons from time to time. We've been blessed by them. Uh, yes, just press one, brother, and we'll have you on. I'll see you. But listen, this brother actually started posting the bishop's comments, and we've been blessed by a lot of what he posts, okay? And there was a misunderstanding not too long ago of one of the posts, and I just want the bishop to come on and clarify it. It's simple and plain. But when I began to do research on the bishop, I found a whole lot more things that I disagree with. But I must say, and hear me careful tonight, saints, most of the things I posted, my, 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 <laughs> we have a man of the, uh, uh, of, of the Father. We have a man of God in the house tonight. That's all I can say. I vehemently agree with this brother. With this elder, I can't say bishop because he's not my bishop. But I, out of respect, I, I'm going to be politically correct. I guess I should call him bishop. Okay. But on Five Smooth Star, we normally roll with first names. But for the sake of tonight, and I don't want to offend any of his members, I'll say bishop. But this bishop is preaching something that I have been talking about on Five Smooth Star for a long, long time, and that is. We're in Christ. Go back and look at Five Smooth Stones' very first show. And I got a, I got a, 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 the title of our very first show was Righteousness is a Gift. And so what this brother is doing with, with his resources and his energy is trying to get humanity to understand there's no such thing as black and white. That we're in Christ. If you think I disagree with that, you got the wrong host. I agree with that. 
That's what the Bible says. That's what salvation is all about. We just recently had two Bible studies talking about scriptures called In Him. We had an In Him Bible study in my, in my home here. Folks, listen. If you are born again, the brother is not smoking on nothing. Their church is not smoking on nothing. The, 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 these, and it's not just him. There's millions of people that know this revelation. Furthermore, the Bible advocates, teaches. That is what our salvation is all about, being born again. That's why we call each other brother and sister. How are you going to be brothers to somebody you don't even know? So if I can ask the, the bishop and whoever he's bringing on to just kind of hold on a second, I really appreciate that. Well, I've got to say say some things I've got to say. Then I even want to play a clip before I bring him on. So give us a minute, please. Folks, listen. I love this man. He don't know that. He may not. I don't know if he knows it or not, but I love this man, and I respect this man. There will not, not be a witch hunt tonight. i tell you what, though. I vehemently disagree with what he says. Some of the things he says, as far as the, the y'all got the message, the post. I think there's like 20 statements he made. Totally uncalled for. Totally unethical. Totally unbiblical. No man of God should ever be saying those things. There, you, there it is. You heard it. So what do you do? You invite the brother. You go to him. In love, in respect, say, hey, brother, can you explain this to us? Maybe you know something I don't know. That's all the show is tonight. Brother Bishop Robert E. Smith Sr. probably have done more than any two or three of us together. That's the truth. That is the truth. Now, just because someone does a lot, works a lot in the vineyard, Maybe at a higher level than some of us. Does that mean they can just say any old thing about the body of Christ, which he talks about us being in? He talks about how he's a new man, and he's old things have passed away, and all things have become new, and he is on point. If y'all preachers are not teaching that, I don't know what to say, because we are born again. The scripture says it like this, no, no man after the flesh. y'all know that? No, no man after the flesh. So, what we try to do on five smooth stones here, if we if we 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 do encourage that. I talk a lot about racism. I did a show last week talking about Bible leprosy. That's that you can't get no more flesh than that. But I, and I'm trying to show people how where white skin come from and where black skin come from to break the. The, the white supremacy that's in our minds, I believe the white supremacy is not just white people's behavior and mentality, but it's a mentality believed by saints and ain'ts. And this is why we have so many social problems. A lot of our social problems stem from white supremacy. So what Brother Seth tried to do is show how everybody comes from the same person. That's what that whole teaching was last week. If you didn't check it, you didn't hear it, check it out. So... Here are five smooth stones. Let me just go ahead and just talk about it since I mentioned leprosy. Just go ahead and talk about the five smooth stones are. Again, we'll bring on the host in a little bit, the guest in a little bit. Again, my name is Brother Seth. Okay, I've been doing this for since 2011. We have over 360 shows. That's just 
means just a lot of conversation with the saints. That's all we're trying to do is find the Father's heart. What is he doing? What is he saying? What is he requiring out of our lives? That's all these five smooth stones are about. So what are the five smooth stones? Five smooth stones, I'll talk fast because I want to bring the guests on. Saints, five smooth stones is nothing more than five questions I asked the Most High. I mean, really broken in spirit. I came to him after attending a Believer's Convention by the one and only Kenneth Copeland. And uh, this brother was saying some things that troubled my spirit. Uh, the Father began to show me how it was racism. And I just, just at, at my end, how we get sometimes, I, I was just, just done with a lot of our white brothers and sisters just, just choosing to walk in racism. I asked the Father five questions. And... Out of those five questions came five answers. And those five answers we call five smooth stones. I'll talk more about that at another time because I want to bring the guests on pretty quickly. But let me go ahead and read the show's description. you got to hear this show's description. i got to read it. And everybody that called the phone number today don't know what's going on. You're about to find out. So this is what I said to many of you, thousands of you. I went on to say... Shalom, human family. My name is Seth Turner. I am the host of Five Smooth Stone Radio Blog Show. After listening to many great teachings of Arkansas Bishop Robert E. Smith, especially New Creatures in Christ, that I fully endorse, I recognize that I have no small disagreement with this man of God as well. Although I'm very impressed by his labor of love and many services excuse me, many years of service to all people, including African Americans, my spirit cannot rest with other teachings and comments Bishop Robert E. Smith Sr. has has said. So I went on to say uh, Bishop Robert E. Smith has accepted to come on our nationwide radio blog show, which includes all humanity, persuasions, and beliefs. Here are some of the comments I cannot wrap my spiritual awareness around. This is what this brother said, and earlier I asked him to if I need to edit any of these, and he said no, everything was fine. He asked me to add four pictures, and I did that. So he has agreed to everything I'm quoting here is his exact words. So this is what he said. Responding to one person's request to meet with good pastors, our guest said, I don't want to meet any of them. They are propagators of immorality. He also said black pastors are worse on the planet. I told him not to invite me to any more black pastors event. I'm sick of them. Another comment he made while interviewed by two white, the reason I say white, so-called white, I know we're in the spirit, but interviewed by two white talk show hosts about blacks who disobey the law. Then and later they talked about blacks who got killed by police, not existing arrests. He then spoke of a personal matter of his only daughter, daughter, a police killed on duty. He went on to say most people killed in the hood deserved it. I'm going to repeat that. The bishop said most people killed in the hood deserved it. My, my, my. On why black youth disrespect the law, he said, 
The disrespect for the law started with their mother. He says of black youth, they call each other MF. It's in their DNA since Nimrod, the son of Ham, slept with his mother. When speaking of why blacks say or do things and or rebel over police shootings and injustices, they see. He said, blacks and Black Lives Matter are operating out of a spirit of paranoia on a social and economic level. Guess they're just making all this stuff up. He also said, resisting arrest means you want to end your life. Now, keep in mind, these are little fragments taken out of long interviews. But it don't matter what he said before and after, as I'm sure many of you agree, that these statements are really out there. He went on to say, blacks voted for Obama because he was black. Then he said, anyone who invests in the DNA of black folks, talking about those that just voted vote for Obama because he was black, anyone who invests in the DNA of black folks or investing in immorality all the way back to Nimrod. He went on to say, at a different time, Obama is the worst thing to ever happen to America. That was posted on our family page and really on his page. And then Brother Agnew posted on our family page. And we do appreciate the brother, by the way, Brother Agnew. Shout out to you for, for introducing us to this bishop because 90% of the stuff he says is right on point and has helped me personally. I want to say that. But we got to deal with these comments. Here's some more. We're going to bring on the bishop. Obama is not regenerated. Obama appraised to Allah in the White House. wonder how you know that. Anyone that voted for him needs to repent. Here's another comment. While preaching at a funeral of young of a young person killed by black violence, by black violence, if I can talk tonight, he called the young people mourning MFs, which startled them. He said, but then he then he then explained that MF meant motherless fraternity, speaking of no fathers in the home. Now this is what gets me. In one breath, he supports probably the most controversial black man right now on the planet, the one and only Pastor Manning. This brother says so many things against black folk, it ain't even funny. I told y'all, to be a white supremacist, you don't have to be white. And Pastor Manning is a bona fide white supremacist. It's just a teaching. We all talk about the same white supremacist system. In one breath, he supports the controversial known black leader, Pastor Manning, uh, who he says how he's against Obama and how he talked about how this brother had 25 million views. And then he disrespects Jesse Jackson, calling him a hustler, which a lot of us, you know, we're not on Jesse right now, but still, this brother served many years trying to help us, you know. I don't, I'm not on him right now, though, I agree, but again, uh, respect for, uh, you know. Let me go on. I'm no longer a black man. I'm a new creature. And I agree 100%. I went on to say, although this is 100% biblical, we have this new man in earthen vessels. Yes, we are a new creature in earthen vessels. And last but not least, and many of you that follow Five don't believe, and we know without a shadow of doubt that African Americans, these niggas, so-called niggas, if I may say that, y'all excuse me, I don't normally talk like that, but these hoodlums, this this race that can't get themselves together, is not of the lineage of Ham. 
Not we don't have, we're not from Nimrod. We live out the principles, the Bible, the prophecies set forth that Israel will go through as a nation, and we believe African Americans are one of the lost tribes of Israel. The Balfour Doctrine, as many of you know, the history of it we talked about in the show a thousand times, was a evil, evil piece of paper put together by Jews, and I'm bringing the brother on, just so some of y'all are not going to know when I say Balfour Doctrine Declaration, what I'm talking about, so I have to say these things. In World War One, after Germany had won, there were some Jews that went and told the losers, I'll just make this real quick, mirror, simple one-on-one, that you can win this war. We know how to bring America to this war. And we've talked about this on this show in details how these crooked people, when they drew up these, this, you know, they made, they, 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 they said, well, if we bring America in this war, you'll win. But if you got to promise us Palestine, had nothing to do with God's plan, had nothing to do with God's people. These are not the real Jews of the land. You know, literally white people going to be up in Israel, the, the chosen people. And I'm talking, I'm just being, I'm trying to talk as fast as I can because I want to bring the brother on. But I want to set the stage because some of y'all don't know what Balfour Doctrine is, but this brother is an advocate believer of the Balfour Doctrine as a good thing and the supporter of Israel. The people over there in Israel today, many of you all understand that. And so having uh, said that, those are the comments that we're talking about tonight, but there's other comments. I, comments. I've been listening for the last, I guess, five hours, and I've... You know, there's I've probably got twenty more comments, but I'm just that's gonna that'll be enough for now. And I just wanna say I went on to say this and then I'll bring on the guest. Okay. Like any guest on the show, he will be given the most time to talk. Yes he will. And he will be treated with dignity and respect as he deserves. While it seems that ninety percent of what I heard is a part of the solution, a part of the kingdom, more importantly, I choose to clarify where we disagree. This will not only help us to get ten get to 100%, but may salvage many who are wounded by the statements above, whom of which may abort his great teachings. A lot of people listen to this brother, and when they see these comments, they may say, I'm done with him. Don't be done with this brother, because I know in my spirit he is a man of God, and we just simply need to talk. So, having said that, I'm going to go ahead and go to the phone lines. See several hands up. I don't know which one of these hands is the, is the bishop. And I want to say this, because I've got a lot of, uh, of, I'm sure his church members, welcome, welcome, welcome to Five Smooth Songs. Love every single one of y'all, and there ain't nothing you can do about it. I really do. I may not always say everything perfect. As you see, I'm long-winded, but I love y'all. I love the saints. I don't want no fight tonight. I just want the brother to explain those comments. You know in your spirit that there's right. Members, please don't come on this phone line talking about how great a man he is. We're not talking about how great a man he is tonight. We're not talking about how much. We just want to know about the comments. Let's exchange scriptures supporting the comments. That's all I care for tonight. That's all we care for tonight. That's all this network is about, the scriptures. So, Erico 502 952 Who am I speaking with? I need to know your name and your city, please. Again, you're on the lot, you're on the air. Erico 503 952 you are on the air. Who am I speaking with? 
Well, you have me here for sure. Okay, is this the bishop? Yes, you prefer? <laughs> well, well, yeah, we can call you bishop. I'll give you that because your members are listening and out of respect. They're not used to nobody calling you Robert. <laughs> but, yeah, Bishop Robert E. Smith Sr., welcome to the show. Welcome Thank to the show so tonight. Much. And I appreciate you being man enough and bold enough because a lot of preachers are scared of this network for whatever reason. I try to have them on. Some, a few have come on, but a lot of people stay off. And I always give them first-class treatment like you're going to get tonight. So go ahead and tell everybody a little bit about who you are. I was going to read your bio, but I'll let you give the, the, everyone a bio. Remember, some people don't know who you are, and uh, they, many you are new to this network. So go ahead and let them know how to get a hold of you and what you are about and what you're trying to do. Please. Well, we're based out of Little Rock, Arkansas, and uh, we we are doing pastoral work as well as uh, we call it missions in different countries on the planet. And we've been pastoring here for better than 37 years now. Started the ministry about 70 miles from where we are now, 40 years ago this this year. And we uh, have a Christian academy. We're in our 30th year of Christian education, K through 12. Oh, wow. And we, um, in urban uh, midtown, uh, on about 15 acres, about 16 different facilities on both sides of a busy street, um, right in the middle of the action. And okay. um, so we... We're here as a training center, actually. We meet every Monday through Friday, 6 a.m., for prayer and the Word of God. And we've been doing that for 37 years and running. Never not had a 6 a.m. prayer meeting. And people come on their way to work. Some bring their children early to the academy to be a part of the prayer meeting. Okay. Uh, we say that you, if you if you pray, you can stay. If you fast, you'll last. It's a must with us. In other words, it's not legalism, but we try to encourage people to know that apart from prayer, you, you're going nowhere. Amen. So we encourage them. Um, now, uh, go mm-hmm. ahead. Go ahead. That, that's, you know, I don't want to say too much more. Well, that right there is very impressive, and I think of all the things you said, that 6 a.m. prayer, that's really something because, you know, it does something to the spirit, especially that early. You know, I remember a gentleman by the name of Larry Lee. I don't know if you remember him or not. You've been around for a long, long time, so I'm not, probably not going to mention too many names. You don't know if you ever heard a gentleman by the name of Larry Lee? Uh, I, I knew Larry Lee, and um, I uh, understand what happened to him to some degree. Mm-hmm. Right, but his whole uh, could you not uh, tear for one hour and that whole movement that kind of shook the country was really a blessing. So I have a lot of respect for early morning prayer. Let me ask you a question. Are you all with anybody else because there's another 501442 with their hand up? Is that person with you or not? Or not? Uh, with me, yes. Okay, well, let me go ahead and open up their line so we can have the both of you on, okay? Okay. All right, Eric Code, 501442. Who am I speaking with? Give me your name and city, please. This is Aaron Agnew, Little Rock. 
All right, brother. Now you so you the gentleman that's posting on the Ed, uh, the Ed and Isabel uh, family uh, page, right? That's right, sir. Well, I appreciate it, and I thank you for doing that, because otherwise I wouldn't know this, Bishop. I'm going to share something with you on a second that may be shocked to all of us here in a little bit uh, about the bishop. I'll go ahead and share it now. Now, <laughs> uh, check this out, uh, Bishop uh, uh, Robert E. Smith, Sr., check this out. Now, I'm offended by what you have said, and we're going to talk about that, but I'm no... I'm no novice as far as in the kingdom. I know that men of man of God have said things like Peter, thou art Christ the Son of the Living God. Peter, the, the Messiah says, flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but the Father. So Peter had an encounter where the Father actually revealed who the Messiah was to him. And then you you you, you brothers know the story. Later on. Peter says to to the Messiah, "Let it not be so." And the Messiah was talking about going and dying, and he and the Messiah says to Peter, "Get thee behind me, Satan." So you got one man used by two different spirits. If it can happen to Peter, it can happen to any of us. So I don't play big eyes and big views. That's why I don't really like the whole. That's why when people come on the show, everybody's the same. I mean, I know we have different callings and different anointings on our life, but I don't fear no man. I'm not scared of you, Bishop, tonight, and I'm not scared of you, Brother Agnew, tonight, and I would be shocked if you gentlemen were scared of me. So this should be a very interesting dialogue. I love y'all. I'm telling you right now, this brother ain't got nothing but love in his heart for you. I, I respect what you're doing. I have been so nosy. I have played CIA. I have been on your sites, all of them, uh, brother, uh, 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 Bishop. I have listened to probably over 15 different audios and messages. And I I thank the Father for what you are doing. Because truly, it is kingdom work. So again, anybody tune in to Five Smooth Stone tonight. Looking for a, a, a mud fest in the wrong place. So, let me tell you what might be a shock to both of you. Earlier, I sent some pictures out to everybody, and uh, I asked the bishop, I said, Bishop, before I put this out to the thousands of people to listen to five smooth songs, I want your approval. And the bishop said, add four pictures, and we should be good. So I added the four pictures. Everything was cool. I sent it to lots of people. Many of you are on the line tonight. But I kept thinking about what this brother had said, and uh, the brother, meaning the bishop. And uh, Brother Agnew, I was just praying, Father, what's going on? Why would this, this intelligent man that in some ways knows circles around some things I know, I know this type of being I've had fathers in the ministry. I know when I see maturity, why would he say such careless statements? So all day I've been praying, and then I went to bed. Now watch what happened. I woke up this morning. First thing was on my mind was this thought. wonder how he feels. 
So I asked the father, Father, how does how would he feel? How does he feel? What's going on with the bishop? Now he may say that's not what's going on with me. Well, fine. Tell me that after I'm done here in a second. So I began to just just say, what's going on with the bishop? Well, you know, and so I said, let me do a research on his daughter. So folks, I know y'all listening out to the phone line is jam packed. That's right. Check this out, folks. So I start googling cops killed, three cops killed, because the bishop told us in the, he, uh, through a post that his daughter was killed. Now watch this, y'all. I'm asking the father. I really want to know this brother's heart. I want to know. I'm not wanna, I don't want to judge him. I don't want to miscue. I don't want to misfire. But I said, touch that mind and all to do my prophet no harm. Believe me, that scripture is there for a reason. Keep in mind we all are the Lord's anointed. If we are the Lord's anointed, of course. So I began to do research, couldn't find anything on any female, any cops killed, anything that would resemble what the story, the little type, the little information he put. And I come across a gentleman that was killed by a high-powered rifle and uh, saw this article. And I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh, I remember this. This is, this is the old minister uh, that used to come to our church. His name is Melvin Smith. I thought, oh, I remember this. So I'm reading it. I'm reading it, and I'm like, oh, man, I remember this. This is serious. This is serious. This is serious. Now, I didn't ask for Melvin Smith. I asked for three cops killed. And when I saw the name Carolyn, it said husband, Robert E. Smith, brother of Melvin Smith. I was done. <laughs> Why? Because Melvin Smith was a minister that changed my life many years ago. I was raised up in the deliverance ministry, and this brother brought. So I don't want to take too much time talking about Melvin, but I just wanted to just make that connection. And then, y'all remember I mentioned about the four pictures. And Bishop, you can correct me on this, but the four pictures he sent me, I remember. I remember thinking one of them didn't look like the pastor. One of them didn't look like the bishop. One of those pictures didn't look like the bishop. He's a little light skin. But I thought maybe the brother just gotten dark over the years. I don't. I didn't know. <laughs> so after I read that article, I says. I cannot believe this. This is the bishop's brother. Then I started putting two two together. I started reading the articles, and it was him. So I looked back at the four pictures, and one of the pictures, now I understand why I kept saying that don't look like him. That was the, the one and only, the, 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 the now deceased man of God, the one that changed my life many years ago, Melvin Smith. Is that correct, Bishop, that that picture you sent me was of your brother, not you? Actually, it was me. You mean with laying hands the on The picture where he's laying burning? hands on someone. That's me. So you didn't see me in the pictures of Melvin? No, I did not. Okay, well, you was lighter skinned then. But, but the, the, the point of it is that you are related. Melvin Smith is your brother, though, right? One of my little brothers. That is amazing. That's amazing, brother. That just get in your in your in my mind and in my heart. That gives you another stripe. I mean, not that that means anything to what we're going to be talking about, but I just had to say that because that man changed uh, Bishop Sample over in Fort Worth. Many of y'all know him. He's the governor every year, and oh my goodness, so many of us, some of us teens got delivered. I mean, I was a minister, young minister at the time. But anyway, so much for your brother. I thought that photo was him, but it still is it's good to know that that was y'all are related. So listen, Bishop Robert E. Smith, 
Let's take it one at a time. Well, first of all, give me a general overview of those comments before we talk about them one at a time, if that's what you want. Well, uh, I appreciate you uh, doing your homework and becoming that CIA investigator. Oh, yeah. And I do know Pastor Robert Sample. Uh, I preached for him back in the 70s myself. He's a good man. And um, Yes, sir. Um, well, as we go through the various provocative statements, uh, the majority of them will have a particular base that if we don't have that base, they will be too provocative to to wrap our minds around because there will be a reaction right away rather than an understanding and a proper response. So it is pungent. Those statements are to provoke uh, some, persons, some persons to love and good works. So now they're ready to hear. Oh, by the way, uh, the young man that I preached funeral well, he didn't die violently in the in the gangs. Actually, he was hanging out with the wrong people, and he contracted some disease that took him out. And okay. his grandparents asked me to uh, eulogize him, so that's what we did. Did you call the youth MF bishop? Did I call who? Did you call the youth the morning youth at the uh, funeral MFs? Yes, yeah, motherless fraternity for sure. The, the scripture says a child left to himself brings his mother to shame. And that's what's happening all over the country. Mothers are actually suffering from physiological abnormalities because of their emotions are out of kilter, their minds are on fire. Their spirits are not activated as need be to checkmate the, the physical problems they're having. And uh, they don't have enough word to overcome the attacks, uh, relational attacks through their children. If you could do that again, would you do that again? Would I do it again? Yes, sir. Or would I say it again? Would you say MS to a, a, grieving, a group of grieving youth again? Oh, Absolutely. Because well, I must admit, uh, one thing I will say, and then Brother Agnew, I want you to jump in any time you would like, sir. I will say this, though. If I was there, I don't know what you said before that and after that, but I just find it very strange at a funeral. Perhaps maybe at a regular service, probably it wasn't so bad, you know, because like you say, they do call each other MF, and it don't mean motherless fraternity. But uh, I just find it very distasteful. But who am I? I'm just another believer just like you are. Again, folks, I want to appreciate just Just give me a second here. I want to uh, just remind everybody, if you're on the phone lines, you want to uh, – you have a question for the bishop, uh, press 1. I forgot to mention that earlier. Please, please press 1 and try to keep your comments no less than, no, uh, let's say, three minutes unless I continue to ask you questions or something. So, again, if you have questions for Brother Agnew or the bishop, please press 1. So go ahead, Bishop. I just have to say it every once in a while. Okay. I thought that maybe I should bring something else to bear, that in that same service, that funeral uh service, I did rap to them as well. And I thought maybe <laughs> perhaps you didn't know that. 
I've never heard of somebody calling somebody MF at a funeral. So let me go on to another comment. I personally wouldn't have did it. I look at the phone lines. Let's look. But I, I guarantee you, uh-huh, I knew I've had, we had hands. Boy, I tell you. <laughs> I was, but we'll go ahead and go to the phone line. Bishop and, and Brother Agnew, we have a rule. When we get hands up, we go straight to them because these people sometimes they're on a time limit. So do you, you, you all mind me going to the phone lines? We're with you. Okay, let's do this because I don't want these people holding. I just saw two hands up. Whoever else had your hand up, go ahead and put it back up. Uh, no big deal. It's not a problem. We're coming at you right now. Area code 972-805. Go ahead with your question or your comment. Need to know your city and your name, please. Again, someone called in area code 972. I think that's Dallas. 805, go ahead with your question or comment. You're on the air. I think somebody's finger got the best of them. Okay, again, area code 972-805. If you have a question or comment, don't be scared. Speak up, please. Okay, whoever it is, they got scared. A scared for some of y'all. Anyway, Brother Agnew, what do you think about your, your bishop there rapping? Uh, talk to me, brother. Well, um, <clears throat> we grew up in the hood as well. <laughs> okay. Been around what music you grow up in? for quite a few years. What, what hood did you grow right, up in? I grew up right here in Little Rock, a uh, neighborhood called the East End. Oh, that is hood. Sure enough. That is hood. Well, what do you think about your pastor and, and the comments? You heard me read out the list of comments. We're going to take, take some more comments he made here in a second. But what do you think about the MF thing? I mean, talk to me, brother. What do you really feel? Well, I think about a scripture when I hear it. In the book of, Ju- in the book of Jude, uh, verse 23 says, And others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. So you have to snatch people out. Some people, you got to just snatch them out. And some terms are, um, uh, as he said, pungent, but they're shocking to their system, and it wakes them up, and they listen much better. I can see it. I I can see, especially after the rap, what I think the pastor was trying to do. So let's go and go to another comment. And again, folks, I want y'all to understand the spirit of Brother Seth, okay? I've already paid high homage to these brothers, to this ministry, okay? But a lot of our young people do not attend church because they feel like we talk down to them. They feel like, I'm telling y'all, I'm in the, I'm in the Bible Belt. I know the Little Rock got a lot going on there, but this is the Bible Belt, and this is the buckle of the Bible Belt. And I'm telling y'all, young folks don't go to church. Now, I know some young people at your churches. I understand everybody listening. But I'm saying for the most part, a lot of our young people is not in church, especially in their 20s, their early 20s. They are not in the brick and mortar. And when I talk to them, because I try my best to keep my ear to the ground, they're not down with these ministers. And so when I hear something disrespectful, I'm just I'm just going there because I want to know what's up because it's hard to talk to them and a lot of them is is getting into this Egyptology and and you know they're getting all types of things and they and, and I at first I thought it was just a fad but a lot of these young people want to obey the father. 
tired of Christianity. They're tired of what is all the white supremacy. These kids are smart. They're not dumb anymore. They're not. They're they 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 they're very scholarly. A lot of them. Some of them are ignorant. I understand that too. There's a lot of ignorance going on. But a lot of our young people will shock you with what they know. And so that's why I'm having this show tonight because this this bishop is is out there, and I know he's he's coming across a lot of young people. And y'all just heard that was a pretty cool strategy. You have to admit that, that you got to give points on that. Now he says the MF because a lot of times you say that you're cool. So when he said that, it might have startled him. But then he came back. So I I, I wouldn't have did it. I wouldn't have did it. But I can't fault that 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 could be a definitely one of those times when Paul said I become all to win some. So. Let's go ahead and talk about, okay, here we go. This hand, I think, is up again. Uh, Eric, again, let's try it again. Eric code 972 Go ahead with your question or comment. Okay. I hope they don't have a question later on because when they, uh, anyway, Bishop, let's talk about another comment. Let's talk about another comment. I'll put a little music here in the background if y'all don't mind. So, another comment you made, Bishop. You say that, um, okay, this is too deep. We're going to use it in a minute. That's just too deep. That one is too deep. I want to get some count on where you can explain it pretty quickly. Are you trying to come in? Okay, all right. Hold on a second. We got a, we got a, my, my, okay, 755. Folks, y'all bear with me. Somebody have a question, and I'm on board to see it, so. Okay. Okay. All right. Someone had a question. Go ahead with your question or comment. Can you hear me? Yes. Your number is nine seven two eight zero five. Just so you know, that's what I was shouting out. But go ahead oh, with your question or comment. I apologize. Go ahead with the city and your name. The city and the, the name, if you don't mind, please. Yeah, John Clark, Dallas, Texas. Go ahead with your question or comment. First of all, I apologize. I forgot I was calling from a different number um, and was waiting for you to say my other number. My apologies. Uh, First of all, I want to say, uh, Brother Seth, thanks for allowing me to speak. For everyone that's listening, I'm a very good friend of Seth. I happen to be over at Seth's house now, um, and we've been talking about this whole scenario with him speaking with the bishop today on Five Smooth Stones. Bishop, good to meet you, Brother Agnew. Well, I will say the rap game, it really changed everything. Uh, some of the things that that um, those statements, uh, Bishop, I will be very forthcoming and say I was offended. I was like, what? At the, at the outset. However, context is everything. And uh, when you take the lyrics, which I'm going to have to make that circa 74, Five maybe. <laughs> nice lyrics. I'm going to have to push that back to 75, just saying. But what it did is that it immediately added context to you as an individual, and definitely that given uh, setting with at that given funeral, which allows me to think to myself, well, without the proper context, 
those other statements. I really can't hold those to the same degree of offense because they're isolated away from the rest of the context. Um, and so the, the only statement that still stands, which I will ask you about, would be the one of if someone voted for Obama, they would meet. And the only reason why I hold that one in isolation, oh, I don't know oh, if you broke up. He said, the, I apologize. Repeat that. Obama, repeat yeah, that. Can still, um, uh, that I would still have a question about is the one about if you voted for President Obama, you need to repent. Now, I don't get into politics. I voted for Obama twice, but not because I liked Obama. I don't. Nor do I, I don't care for him or Trump or any of the presidents prior to them. Um, my de facto mother, my Aunt Beverly, she loved Obama, and that's the only way I was going to get Sunday dinner, so I voted so I could continue going over to my aunt's house. However, my point is, is that if you said that jocularly, then you can explain it. If you were actually serious, then what you're telling me is that it's a sin to vote for this given person. And I would just like clarity because I absolutely wouldn't see it as a sin. It may be ignorant for a lot of people to vote for him as a black man and they're black people and they thought he was going to do something. And, and, and he really didn't do that, in my opinion. It may be ignorant, but a sin, there should be a law that's transgressed. So that's the only thing that I would ask you about. But everything else, I couldn't say anything about because, again, it, it needs context. Thank you. Well, well okay, well, hold, hold on, there, uh, brother. Don't go nowhere. Uh, I, want you, I want him to answer that while you're on the line and make sure that you're, you're clear with that. And that's what we're going to do all the calls. Y'all come on the line. On 5 we don't care how long you're on this line. Well, you can't take over the guest time, and, 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 the, and we're going to let the bishop do a lot of talking here. Uh, we're starting slow, but he's got the mic. So, Bishop, go ahead. Address the brother, please. Well, I, I appreciate his communication and a little context that, first and foremost, the majority of the people that I've spoken to in, in the past concerning uh, Barack Hussein Obama did not know him no more than they knew any other president that they voted for. And so my question, being a leader and being responsible for the souls of people, that is, mind, will, and emotions, the way you think, how you feel, your affections, feelings, desires, your volition, I have to give an account of your soul so I need to know the condition of the souls. I ask people, why did you vote for Obama? Well, one well-meaning brother in the Lord says, I want to be a part of history. I wanted to be a part of electing the first black president of the United States of America. I say, well, you're not alone. There are a lot of people who voted for flesh. Bishop. And this Yes. If I may, real quickly, and, and I do mean a 20-second interjection, I didn't see any videos of you doing the same thing for the previous election. Why Obama? 
Oh my goodness, you missed a lot of shows, my friend. Uh, you well, didn't, they're not put you on the internet. Hear, well, they're there. As a matter of fact, I talked about all flesh being as grass. You mm-hmm. and, uh, and the presidents. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I publicly stated I regret having laid hands on Bill Clinton and when he was a young man because all he did was pimp the anointing and got into the White House and uh, act like he was living in the outhouse. So we have a lot to say about flesh because it's all a mess, whether it's Jewish flesh, whether it's uh, any other kind of Gentile flesh. The Apostle Paul said it very clearly in Philippians when he mentioned that, look, if anyone has any reason why he should have confidence in the flesh, he says, I'm more. So, Mr. Obama, I did a little bit of background work on him. And uh, what I came up with was, I said, here's a man is on public record that he voted against a law that would make it illegal to eliminate the life of the child after the child is born. That's when he was a senator in the state of Illinois. Now, I understand that he's for abortion. He's pro-abortion. In other words, he's against God because God says, I set before you life and death, choose life that thou and thy seed may live. So he's well, against God's word. Hold on, because you're building another 20-second interjection. You're building. I don't want you to build a whole house, and I've got a comment on this brick of door over here. Make it really quick. What? We build, we make a big deal out of abortion and the gay issue. I did my research, and under Obama, I vehemently am against abortion. Okay, uh, I, do, I, I do. I don't think we should be killing these babies. I just don't. I'm not, I've never been for that. But they trick us with the abortion and the gay rights issue because they know it don't matter if you for abortion. You should be against it. But even if you're for it, listen to me, Bishop and everyone. If you are for it, do the research. You can't stop it. It's still going to happen. Under, 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 under 2014, I got the stats right here, abortions went down. Under Obama, I know he was against it, but I'm just trying to say, that is a mute issue. People get all upset of abortion, they're all abortion, 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 and they, these, 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 like you said out of your own mouth, Bishop, I'll use your words. I'll skate on your words tonight. You said white folks lie. <laughs> You're right. They use those two issues to trick us into the White House, and then they like George Bush, and they go there and kill a million people, and they, they fatten the pockets of their buddy, of, of their, uh, of their buddies, they make everybody rich, and then we come out talking about, oh, well, he's such a godly man because he goes through a few Bible studies. We get tricked all the time with those two issues, abortion and gay rights. Like we're going to stop gay people by what Obama did. That's not going to stop or start or encourage or nothing, what he did. It was wrong. 
he failed and bumped his head big time. I agree with you a, a thousand percent. Obama should never have done those two things. But do we really should base our candidacy, our whole life on such two issues that it don't matter if you fought against it, Bishop? It's still going to happen. Go ahead. Well, let's stick right there. Now, if if God says, as he did in Jeremiah, before you were formed, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified and ordained you. In other words, life does not start at conception. Life starts in the mind of God. So if we you agree there. a child, say again. I say we agree there. Well, well, let's stick right there. If you abort a child in the womb, you're speaking against God's preordained mandate for that child's life. Now, if we live and we do in the representative republic called the United States of America, ruled by law, representative government means the power is in the hand of the people. So if we empower a person who advocates against God, God's holding us, the people with the power, responsible for the laws that are made. This is what the psalmist says. Shall the throne of iniquity, shall God have fellowship with the throne of iniquity that... Uh, that that produces mischief by law. In other words, people produce laws that give people freedom to act iniquitously. Let me read it. It comes out of Psalm 94, verse 20. Shall the throne of iniquity have fellowship with thee, which frameth mischief by the law? So, number one, you cannot have life if you abort it. Number two, two men cannot have a baby. Two women cannot have a baby. Now, so now hold on, Bishop. Let me, like, do this, let, me do this, let me do this for, for time's sake. I want you to understand something. Most of the listeners on this line is going to agree that we all agree, most of us, and, and, and we all, most people I know are against abortion. We understand what you're saying. What we're no, trying to say you, is, I, I want to be very pointed. I want you to finish. You got the mic. And, Brother John, uh, 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 just hold on a second. Let me get this out. I don't want you to spend time talking about something we all see clearly. We want to focus on things we don't see clearly so we can be one unit. We agree nobody has the right to take life. I don't think nobody's going to be arguing with you over that. I don't think so. Maybe so. If you, if you do disagree with the bishop, press one. That's what we're here for, family. But I think we agree there. What the brother is saying and what I'm saying is you don't base a candidacy. We've been tricked with that abortion, gay rights issue for many years. And it, it, I did the research, Bishop. I promise you, you you're a well-studied man. You're very detail-oriented. You quote stuff. You, you know your stuff. And, and I, I'm sure Brother Agnew as well. And I know Brother John does. I want you brothers to listen to me very clearly. I'm speaking from my heart. It doesn't matter. It, you should be against it, abortion. 
but even if you for it or against it, it doesn't change the numbers of the babies killed. You got to go and change the whole house. You got to shut down abortion in America. That is something that's going to take the almighty. I mean, that's not something a person that wins presidency can do. It's just something to get the, the conservative vote, the church vote. Same thing with the gay rights. It doesn't matter if you fought it against it. Gays going to do what they do, whether or not you acknowledge it as marriage or not. It don't matter. So it's a mute issue, and it tricks us, and then they get off in there like Bush did. That man cannot stand up to Obama. If you take away the gay rights and the the abortion right, Bishop, and you look at all the other things Obama did, he cannot, Bush cannot stand up to Obama. A lot of those presidents can't. I was just doing my research, and I don't like some things Obama did, but let's, let's get something straight. That was a squeaky clean, squeaky clean relationship. No issues. Look at Trump right now. Santa had like 24 people to quit him. This man is, I mean, I mean, this is what I'm trying to talk about. But who put him in? The religious right. The alt-right, too. Don't forget them, them, them white supremacists. And the church. So my point is we've been tricked. Go ahead, please. All right. Let's stick right here. We are in a representative republic ruled by law, and God says he will not have fellowship with the throne of iniquity that frameth mischief by law. And here I'm speaking to God's people. I'm not speaking to the unregenerated, people who don't have a conscience that's fully awake. I'm speaking to those who are regenerated, germinated, sealed in Christ and Christ in them. When we empower a person who advocates abortion and advocates same-sex marriage, God holds us responsible for the laws that are made and for the things that are done because of the laws. So we're not going to let anyone get away that is a believer in thinking that it's a mute issue. It's not. God says it's not. And we should not excuse ourselves when we're dealing with life and procreation. God is in this. Okay. And I said it to a, a if I may, if I may, real quick, if I may, if I may, really quick, I just, for time's sake, we agree it is wrong and it hurts the Father's heart. We understand that. We're believers. We have the, we will by life. We under, we're against gays. We're against gay marriage. We're against, any, we are against everything you're saying. All I'm trying to say is You don't understand what I'm saying You're saying you're against something That you are promoting by your vote Well let me, let me, let me explain Let me explain really quickly now, And I'm going to let you I promise you I just I got to get this out What I'm trying to say to, to the listeners tonight is We vehemently Just because you pick the other candidate Don't mean you for abortion if I pick Obama and he's for abortion and gay rights, that don't mean I'm for that. It just means I'm looking at other things. That's not all the sin there is, brother. That's not all the sins in the world. Gay rights, gay rights, gay rights, gay rights. Um, I mean, that, that's not all. You can't go over to Iraq and lie to the world about weapons of mass destruction and go and kill and burn down museums. and The Bush... Blood, the blood that's on the hands of George Bush and that family going all the way back to, to the World War One, I, I think it was, with his Sheldon Bush, I think it's his uh, daddy's name, 
Those people are swimming in blood. That that culture, that, that man is a part of the uh, uh, Illuminati, George Bush. I'm talking about showing up proof. Skull and bones. Remember skull and bones? This stuff is not make-believe. I'm saying, you're talking about a very evil man. Come on, George Bush. And then, then Obama comes along, and he does some evil stuff as well. You can't say because we're against abortion. We, we picked the person that's for abortion and gay marriage. The father's going to hold us accountable. But the person over here to go and kill a million people, we're not talking about gay rights. At least they get to live. We're talking about murder. You telling me he's not God? He's not going to hold you responsible for that? But he's going to be holding you responsible. This is what I'm trying to say, Church. This is what I'm trying to say, Church. Let's wake up. If I may, go ahead. If I may, well, the go ahead, brother uh, John. I, go I, ahead, I, brother John. Hold on, brother the yeah. bishop. Hold on, John, I'm, quickly, I'm, please, so he can finish. Yeah, I'll make this just a, a statement as opposed to a question. Um, I know that. My actions, whatever it is that I'm doing, my heart is going to either confirm or condemn that action. For the person you spoke with who said that they wanted to be a part of history, that's a loftier notion than me just wanting to keep peace with my Aunt Beverly. That that was really trite. But I knew exactly what I was doing, and by no stretch did I feel as though I had done a disservice because I didn't, I didn't even know what the platform was for Obama or who he was running with or whatever. I was living a life, my own life. So all I would like to leave you with, Bishop, is that I know that in my heart of hearts, there was no sin committed in voting for Obama. As a matter of fact, the Obama on one end, the Democrat, and any Republic on the other end, it's all part of the same bird. They're just giving us options to lead us into a particular direction. And again, that's just my own personal belief. But I will say this before I go. I appreciate who you are and what you stated. I definitely appreciate the rap. It gave you a very human side that separated yourself from those other comments. Um, And I'll leave you all to the rest of of the discussion. But I just want to at least let you know that um, it it was good to, to get a sense of who you were as opposed to the comments in and of themselves. Amen, brother. Thank you for the call, John. Appreciate it. And again, Thank folks, you, you can talk to the, anybody else can talk to the bishop. And I look like uh, Sister Eliana, the my normal. She's a co-host on the, on the, on the show, and she was running a, a late. Uh, folks, I know y'all was looking for her. She is late, but she's in the house now. I'm gonna bring her home, but I I want you, when I bring her home, bishop, I want you to finish your point, cause I promised everybody, and I know I could be long with. I promised everybody you would talk the most, and so we gotta accomplish that goal for real. <laughs> okay, uh, Erica. 209-233, Sister Eliana Batia, are you there? Yes, I am. Shalom, shalom, and uh, shalom to the bishop in the house. And to well, shalom, all of the... peace to you, my sister. And don't freak Thank out you. everybody when she says shalom. You know, that's just what we do here at Fox Stone. Go ahead, uh, Bishop. I want you to finish your point. Sister uh, Eliana uh, Batia, please take about two minutes quickly, quickly, because the bishop is in the middle of it, and I don't want to lose his train of thought, but you had to run late, and we understand that. Give us a two-minute bio, how to get a hold of you, who you are, and then we'll let the, we'll let the bishop finish. Please, quickly. Okay, so if you are just listening to me, you can get a hold of me um, uh, 
through Facebook, through Beth Shalom Mashiach here in uh, Central Valley, California. Also through, um, I'm sorry, I have freshwindoftorah.blogspot.com on Blogger. You can email me at bethshalomjg at gmail.com. And I'm a ministry congregation leader here in the Central Valley teaching the um, Hebrew way of worshiping the Father for the end times. So very excited to be here, very excited to be on the call again. Do you believe in life in Christ? Everything sealed in Christ as we, as myself, and I, I would suspect Mr. Brother Agnew is a little quiet tonight. We're going to bring him on as well. And the bishop, for sure, you agree with life in Christ. Once Christ died, you know, we're, we're in him. Those of us that accept it's in him, sins washed away, righteousness of stand before him in love. You know, all these things we've already been talking about on Fire Smooth Song. Do you agree with that? Absolutely, I agree with it. Go ahead, Brother Bishop, please. Uh, Bishop Robert E. Smith, Sr., and again, appreciate you coming on the show tonight. Go ahead and finish your train of thought. I have to do those things, please. Okay. All right. It's, um, well, again, I want to thank you for inviting me on to to answer uh, for my pungent statements. Uh, <clears throat> now, one of the things that We'll just move on from the fact that um, people don't believe they've done wrong in empowering a person to uh, frame mischief by law. So we'll move on from that. Well, well, Bishop, listen. If I if I may, if I may, if just just because I I've got some people, and there's some things. They asked me, when I ask you this, you tell me if you want to move on. If you move on, I'm not going to say another word. Some people want to know. I respect your love for right to life. My wife is is one of those persons that was out on the street with signs. And, and I don't know if you know Rod Parsley, but she used to attend World Harvest and that was her passion for many years, and we still speak out against abortion. But we just she don't do the pick line and all that stuff anymore. But she definitely was out there at one point. Listen, don't you don't have a a a a center on the line. I, I respect. I watch you. I watch you talk about this all over the country. You're not playing. You hate this sin just like your father. So do I. I just don't think that if you go into the White House, if the numbers don't go down, don't even talk about whether or not you for abortion. They need to they need to quit talking about it because it don't matter if you for it or not. It's still the same numbers, Bishop. If you for gay marriage or against gay marriage, it's still you should be against it for sure. It's an abomination. But do you make a change? No. So they use that to suck up the church in and get the vote. And I'm tired of it. Just like you're tired of it. I've seen you angry. You are really love our people. That's why I tell people, you know, we're trying. We have the same spirit. But what you're angry with, I'm angry with, but I'm angry with something else. They're using us. Well, They're uh, using us. Me, Go ahead. Let me ask you. What do you mean? Now, who are you referring to when you say us? When I say us, I mean people, the American people. They're using us. They're using the the church. 
All they got to do is say abortion, gay rights, we vote for them. If I ever ran for office, which I won't, but that's the thing I know to say, which I just so happen if I really believe it. But, I mean, if, if I, I tell people, if you want to get the Christian vote, just say you are against Obama. Listen, a lot of us voted. I tell this white guy at work, he said, why y'all vote for y'all? Remember, a lot of y'all blacks voted for Obama because he's black. I said, y'all didn't vote for him because he was black. It's a racist country. Yes, I voted for him because he's black. Why? We had a thousand white folks up in there scoring up everything. Not a black man in there. And I tell you another reason I voted for him, Bishop. You just hear a little anger in my voice. Because just like with Serena, and I call it the Serena Venus effect. When you're new into something, you always want to do the best you can because you don't want to mess it up for your people. I knew if that man got off in there, he was going to be walking on eggshell. A lot of people mad with Obama because he's doing it for black folks because he's so busy trying to cage the white people. The man can't win, no way, either way, left or right. They stayed out of it, all kind of mess. And here we are just crucifying him. I agree with you. My goodness. The man is going to have to, you said it, I'm going to skate on your words. You say he is going to have to stand before God. Yes, and so are we for our sin. But I'll tell you who really going to be standing before the Father and, and shivering, and that's them bushes. And that's a lot of them other those people, all the presidents before Obama. That man, if you can get past those two big, crazy, demonic decisions he made, was not a bad president. And I'm not going to crucify him, especially around our white brothers and sisters according to the flesh. Now, I know you're probably going to get on me because you're in the spirit. I understand that. But we can move on if you want, but... People who want to know about this, Obama is not safe. How do you know? How do you know he prays to Allah? Where is your proof? The man went to a church before he was president. The man went to a church before he was president. Now, he didn't have to go to that church. He was going to a church. He wasn't going to a mosque. But, you know, I kind of believe you, to be very honest with you. <laughs> I think he might be a mother because of his parents, but I can't deny he says he's a Christian. He went to church, and his pastor spoke out. I mean, how would he be? How, how, Bishop, what kind of gift do you have that you can see these praying to Allah? Help us out. Well, I'm sorry. Can I make an interjection really quickly? Do it. Okay. Concerning Islamic people, do you know that it, in their Quran, it is permitted for them to lie in order for them to put themselves in the best light? It's very possible for a, a Muslim to say that they are a Christian and not really be one, say they are for what Christians believe in order to put themselves in the best light. And how do I know this? Because two of my granddaughters' father is Muslim from Dubai. And poor decision made, um, my daughter married him. She was very young. She did not understand. He challenged me every day of their marriage, two daughters who live with me today. And he told me, it is permitted for us to lie in order to advance their cause and to put themselves in a good light. So it's very possible that the heart faith that Obama was raised in with his stepfather and mother being Islam is in his heart, but it is very possible for him to have 
because you know in America you say we say or all, all our presidents say God bless America our money says in God we trust it's very possible for him to have taken that stance while being the president of the United States and still have a core belief in Islam. That is very possible. I don't know Obama personally, so I cannot speak to his personal character, but it is very possible for Islamic people to lie. And according to Allah, they are praised. Now, the God we serve says, thou shalt not lie. But the God they serve tells them to lie. That is very possible. That's my now, comment. Okay, Bishop. Yes, thank, thank you. you. Well, the, the Proverbs, the king says in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 11, even a child is known by his doings, whether his work be pure or whether it be right. Now, I happen to know a little bit about black liberation theology. It started with James Cone when he taught at Philander Smith College right here in Little Rock that I attended in 1958, the Black Liberation Theological Perspective, that the crucifixion of Christ is equal to the lynching of black people. Well, black liberation theology will not get you born again because Jesus Christ was not hung from a tree. He was hung on a tree. And that makes all the difference in this world and the world to come. So Barack Obama sat for 20 years under black liberation theological perspective, which means he was too far away from the tree to get the benefit of being crucified with Christ, buried, raised, ascended, and seated. So I'm going with the scripture, a child is known by his doings, whether his work be pure or whether it be right. And I'm going on the basis of the theological research I've done where he set and um, engrafted uh, that which is not the gospel. So I don't want to talk about Obama too much more because it's not about him. I, I deal with the men of God who are responsible for teaching the people so that we can have, as people, an impact in the communities that we've been planted in. So if we're not taught right, we won't think, speak, or act right. We won't have an impact. So the issue does not lie in the White House. It lies in the church house. And, and I stay in, quote, the church house, so no one can say that I'm outside of that realism. We have services six days a week. I live in the hood. I built a a, a 5,600-square-foot home on the street that had the greatest drug traffic, the greatest prostitution in the city, and then moved across the street in a nearly 8,000-square-foot home where, to prove that we can be in the hood to do some good if we just simply would. Well, Bishop, let me say this, if I, if I may, if I may, if, if, I, if I may, let me say this, because I, I, I want to be a little, because uh, uh, we're going to drain you tonight, for real. Uh, what you're saying, we believe the type of teaching you have, 
will do that. We agree and believe, and some of us see some of what you are saying in our lives and ministries. But that's not the issue tonight. The issue is not how well you're doing and how successful you've been, because you teach the word, and the word sown is going to bring back a harvest. Nobody's going to question your fruit. You went and sold your brother, and you have been casting out devils, the real deal. No mic in the ear. Healing's been taken care of. This is the Smith brother. We Listen, let's fast forward. We know you as far as that is concerned. We respect your work. That's why you're on this show. So we don't have to talk about the fruit. What we want to understand is why these statements. I want to be very important. I know people, I know somebody's saying, I can hear somebody saying, well, why don't we do it on the solution? No, the solution is if we have a bishop saying some of these things, y'all know it's not right. I couldn't say them. You can't say them. Layman couldn't say them. Moses couldn't, he smoked the rock, couldn't go into the to the land. My point is, that's what we want to focus on tonight. And I don't mean to be, I just, as a host, i got to be pointed. Somebody's going to say, you didn't even talk about what you, what you put out there. So let's do this. If you don't mind, I want to talk about another, again, family and friends. My wife is listening to the show. And, you know, she just whispered to me. She said, no, let him go, Sam, let him go. Because she was enjoying listening to the food. But I, I, like, and I'm letting her know right now, that's not what this show is about. It's not about to see the, the greatness. In the, we already know. You got members on the line. They know what y'all are doing. Y'all are doing your thing. That's why we got you. All we want to say, I, I'm not playing. I, I think the, the, the comments you made jeopardizes the work you're doing. And I, and I kind of, I'm not afraid of you, but I'm careful with you because you are a general in this army. This is no, nothing, nothing to play with. You are a very serious figure to me. I respect the heck out of your brother and what he's done. And I know the enemies of darkness was out to get him. So I'm not playing with any of y'all tonight. These words, these comments you said, dear Bishop, man of the Most High, who's probably have done four times what I can do or will do in my life, these statements are hurting people. Black people are already a victim. They've already been spit on. And I know by the Spirit you love them. And this is not the fruit of love. And oftentimes when you're a bishop, as successful as you are, people are afraid to come to you because they love you and they you, you help them get off drugs and you cast demons out of them. How are we going to tell you these things? This is why we have these blogs, because some of this stuff can't fit in the church. I can't walk off in there and talk to you like this. So I love you, brother. I promise to, to the Most High, this brother right here loves you. And I thank the Father for your work. But I want to know, I just want to know, why the statements? Here's another one. Here's another. When speaking of why blacks do the things they do, for us, 
heard you on. I heard you make another comment on another another video where you said it don't matter taking a knee is not going to help. That's not going to help you taking a knee. People are creating a disdain. Another comment you made. People are creating a disdain for this country with all of this protest and all of this, and then the enemy comes in for destruction. Well, if Martin would have thought that, if Snick would have thought it, and Harriet Tubman would have thought that, and they would have said, well, let's quit all this politicizing. We need to get. I don't want to trivialize, and Father, help me. I do not want to trivialize the most powerful revelation of all time that we are to walk in the Spirit. Thank you for that. There's not enough ministers to talk about that. That is a solution, family. We are to treat each other who we are in Christ. The Bible says we are a new creature. That's the whole purpose of baptism, symbolizing in that. The Bible says we are a new creature. No, no man after the flesh. That's Bible. So I, I applaud you. Keep doing that. These ministers ain't teaching that. I can't understand and I kind of fear you secretly when you say black, black preachers, how you so hard against them? Everybody on this line is listening because they know I feel the same way. I just don't say it. I just don't say it. I can't stand a lot of these churches. I, I, can't, I can't do them. They're not teaching what you're teaching. They're not teaching what you're teaching. I listen to your crowd chant after you. You know, you was telling them how we're in Christ. And that's where the Father wants us. If we don't get away from black and white, and I lost myself, said he talk about it all the time. I talk about it all the time to to shoot it down, to let people see the foolishness of race based on color. Eighteen sixty one, Baker's Rebellion, this whole class for created. I'm trying to get folks. I'm I'm just trying a different strategy. But you on point, sir. So uh, again, you said. Black people, Black Lives Matter, they're operating out of paranoia of social on a social and economic level. All this hell these people are going through, and you saying paranoia? These young people on Kaepernick didn't know what to do. He's just a football player. He don't know who he is in Christ. You're right, though. For the believer... We should be walking in that new identity. We should be claiming the gifts of the Spirit. When the Spirit rises up in us, those gifts operate. And you said on that family page, you can change your world individually. You are right. I'd be lying if I disagree with you. You are right. You are right. And I love your teaching on living until the Messiah comes. Biblical. I love your attack on sickness. Biblical. You're teaching, you're teaching some profound things. So again, family and friends, y'all tuning tonight think you're going to get a witch on that ain't what's happening. I love this brother. Think he's on point. But I ain't going to sit up here and be sleeping and, 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 and hypnotized by his success and not ask him questions before many of you these things. And if I say something out of order, y'all need to check me tonight. None of us is above this. So again, paranoia. Are you looking at the education arena? Black people not educating. You know, are you looking at the health arena? Uh, misdiagnosed, killing us. Black market, the prison market where they're taking people's lungs and kidneys. And You know, I mean, in every area of life we're at the bottom, we are oppressed. You're saying these young people boycotting, and, 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 and I know they don't always act with wisdom, but they're young people. Old folks scared. 
They in church and they're not talking what you're talking in church. They in church scared. So Kaepernick takes a knee. At first he was sitting on the bench. A veteran said, hey, man, you know, what's up? I'm a veteran. White gentleman. And Kaepernick said, and the veteran said, well, why don't you take a knee? And that's why, and then that's when the, the white guy told Kaepernick to take a knee. Okay, you say it don't, it don't change anything. Really? It's a movement. It's a movement. The whole NFL took a knee. Jerry Jones got his bonus one knee. It's making a statement. I agree, though. You're first class. And I'm not trying to, I'm not scared of you. What you're saying is first class. What you're saying is a Delta Force. But the country is not ready. They, they're not, we just can't wait till everybody get in Christ and do nothing. They're killing us. Every area of life, wherever there are white people, wherever there is black people, because remember, white supremacy is not just a color, it's a mindset. Bishop, there's this oppression. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the mic, but I just, come on, paranoia, go ahead, Bishop. All right, thank you again. Now, I noticed that uh, if you're not, so many others do, that we try to solve problems for one group of people the same way we solve them for another group of people. And the two different groups, the two different groups that I'm speaking of are the redeemed and the unredeemed. The way the redeemed solve problems is altogether different from the way the unredeemed solve problems. And there is no solution for unredeemed people but Christ. None. True. So whether you're talking about um, violence, drugs, uh, politics, slavery, whatever you're talking about, whatever we're dealing with, there's only one solution for the unredeemed, and that is receiving Jesus Christ who came and took on all of humanity, all the way back to the first Adam, that first man, that living soul, all the way to the last man. He took on all of the sin. He kept the law. He did everything he was supposed to do and did everything that we were supposed to do that we didn't do, took it all to the cross, eliminated everything when he said, it is finished. So when we're trying to solve society's problems, and we're dealing with the unredeemed populace, apart from Christ, all we're doing is wasting time. As a matter of fact, let me go on to say this. The Apostle Paul mentioned to the church at Corinth that in order to get people to Christ or saved, if you please, to the Jew he became as one, to the person that was under the law as if he were. Uh He mentioned that to the weak, he became as weak. And those were without law, he acted like he was without law, but not without law altogether, but the law of Christ. And he said, all of this I do for the gospel's sake. And we know that. But we don't know what else he said when he wrote back to the church at Corinth in all this we do for the gospel's sake. He says in Second Corinthians 4.10, always bearing about in the body 
the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then, death worketh in us, but life in you. Here's the problem, uh, man of God. The problem is we as believers don't know what it means to act out of character. And acting out of character is acting like we were before we met Christ. Acting Jewish, acting black, acting Hebrew, acting anything else that is eliminated when we come into Christ as new creations, when the old is gone, behold, all things have become new. And any time we act black, white, Jewish, any other thing outside of Christ, it's being delivered over to death, and death is working in us. But if we were not delivered over for Jesus' sake, then we're committing suicide. This is why all of the problems that we are experiencing today starts from a lack of discipleship. The believer don't know who he is because he doesn't know who Christ really is. He knows who Jesus is, the one that died on the cross, but he doesn't know the Christ that provides all that is needed, who was Christ before he became Jesus, and who, get this, who was the Son of God, before then was the Word of God, before then God himself. So we need to really get back to discipleship where we teach believers how to believe what ought to be believed, the way it ought to be believed, so that we don't end up being unbelieving believers, not believing what we ought to believe the way it ought to be believed. So there's a lot of flesh mess going on. And in Philippians, Paul said, now look, he said, all that was gained to me, that is, being an Israelite, being a Benjamite, uh, being a Pharisee, being zealous of the law, uh, and all of this that he was. He said, I counted all loss for Christ. And then he goes on to say, and I suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dumb. That's doo-doo. Okay. That I might win Christ. So Let what me ask you a question. Twenty-second interjection, please. I got. I, I just got. I, I try to think of what other people is asking. How does that look in everyday life? Okay, we had a voting rights law that passed, and now we can vote. You talk about that right all the time. That's in the flesh. How do we go from where I, I, I have my own answer, but for you're the one being interviewed, not me. You, you, you're in the spirit, and and I promise I don't think you're religious. I think you are just what the I I, I do what you're doing a little different. So make it plain every day having to do with voting. You said, okay, for instance, the whole Hebrew thing. You have to know who Israel is to understand the Bible because certain things are supposed to happen. We've spoken those times at a time. Israel, when it becomes a nation, the Messiah is going to return. Da, 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 da. So you've got to know who they are. So it's not out of place to know who Hebrews are, know who the Jews are. That's not out of place. It's not out of place to have a voting law. It's not out of place to have a voting rights. It's not out of place to have a, a system of policing, good policing. Bring it home, Bishop. Make it practical. 
Right now you're in the spirit. We have, in, do you have an ID on you right now? Do you have a driving license on you right now? Please, if you don't mind, please, could you answer that? I am being as practical as God allows us to be a practical person. What I'm saying is that you, are, you apply the principles of the kingdom to your practical environment. I do have but I'm saying make it, when I say make it practical, when I say make it practical, I mean, you're a pastor. You deal with people asking dumb questions and small questions all the time. You know people want to know how to live, who do I vote for, when I first get up out of the bed, where should I buy, who should I marry. We're in the flesh with these, as the scripture says it like that, we have these treasures. That's what you're talking about, the treasure, the treasure in earthen vessels. We're not just spirit. I say make it plain. I mean, really and truly, racism is real. White supremacy is the true religion of America, not Christianity, not our belief system, which it was. White supremacy. Our people are dying their hair blonde and doing all kind of self-hating things. You're right. you got to get them to where they are in Christ. But I just don't hear the practicality of what you're saying. Well, you're still going back to the we thing, and you're including the redeemed with the unredeemed when you say we. You always have to make that separation. Otherwise, you'll be trying to get sinners to act like saints. It ain't going to happen. So the solution for the unredeemed, the sinner, the, the incapacitated, is to give that person the gospel in no uncertain terms in order to experience regeneration by the Holy Spirit, germination by the incorruptible seed, which is God's word, becoming a new creation. Now give them some illumination for the heart regulation down to the body invigoration. Disciple them, in other words. The believer needs to understand who Christ is and who we are in him and who he is in us. Amen. Otherwise, we're going to go right back into a tailspin and not be able to deal with practical issues. I have, it's okay, a, let's make it practical, well, if you don't I, mind. Let, let, me, just, let, me, let, me, let me just catch up with you a little bit. Okay. Just a little bit. I have a driver license, I have a birth certificate, I have a passport, I minister on different continents of the world, and every once in a while, I have to do like Paul. I say, look, I'm a Roman citizen. It's not right for you to do that. But if I didn't know what the rights were, I couldn't state them. So the believer needs to be abreast to not be in a uh, a Democrat or a Republican. I'm not a Republican or a Democrat. I'm a Christocrat. I use principles on issues, and they're very practical. The book of Proverbs is a very practical book. The psalmist, the very practical people, they fought. They had blood on their hands. But our weapons are not carnal. When we as believers dealing with all of these sociological issues, we're not on the street. We're not running with placards. What we're doing is using the weaponry of God to pull down the strongholds, first and foremost, in our own minds, our own hearts, in our own 
what I call villages because they have villages of unbelief in churchanity. It's full of religiosity. So we got to get back to discipleship, getting the believer to know who Christ is and who we are as a result. And, and let me say this. Let me say this, because I want everybody to understand why Brother Seth is kind of interjecting here. I am trying to think like some of you that's too scared to press one because he's a bishop. Y'all know how y'all think. I mean, he don't mean no harm, but y'all, you know, some of y'all scared because he's a bishop. But go ahead, go ahead, press one again. I'm looking at the phone lines, uh, and then Brother Agnew, you can jump in anytime. It's what is Sister Eliana, okay? The brother won't bite, I guarantee you. So what I want to say is this, Bishop. We have civil rights people that did things and it worked. The Montgomery bus bus um, boycott, it was successful. It didn't bring kingdom rights. It didn't make us more who are in Christ. But it brought some very tangible that we love, voting rights. A lot of our people got out there and did fleshly things. No, it wasn't what you're talking about. I do think. Let me tell you how much I believe in what you're saying. So for, for those that think, oh, he's just trying, he don't understand what the bishop's saying. The bishop over his head. Let me explain. Sister Eliana is on the line right now. She talked about how her and her sister, and I have the same testimony, but I'm just trying to bring her in as well. Sister Eliana and myself, and, and I'm sure Brother Agnew, and I know yourself, we've done things under the in spirit, the spirit moving. And it touched a cop that would be another shooter. And they was delivered. Or maybe we didn't do that, but we, like Sister Eliana, went to her company, and they mistreated her. She went in the spirit, talked to her father about it. She probably buying it. I don't know what all she did, but that company shut down because of the mistreating of a child of the Most High. There are all types of powers we have when we walk in this authority. So what is happening now in this interview, you are, you are doing, and it's okay, you're talking about how we need to return to this true, as the one phrase go, absolute power. And I'm afraid when this show is over, people are going to say this, well, I already knew about that. I already knew about the dunamis. I already knew about, you know, the uh, rhema versus the logo. I already knew. But uh, what do we? Maybe we shouldn't talk about the comments. Maybe not. Maybe maybe we just should skate over. But I, I promise you, this is what I want to do. Let me just let me just be honest. Sister Eliana, help me here. This is what I really really would like for you to do, Bishop, before you run. Because after a while, I can hear what I gotta go. So let me say this. Cause there's too many comments. There's comments all over the place. You'll be talking for the next three shows. You, you made a comment. You just made comments. I mean, you said a lot of comments. So let me just ask you another question. Well, Seth, can what I What should we do? What should we do about all of these injustices? Now, you're addressing the church. What about the carnal believer? And well as those that are not in the church, or do you even address them? Because that's where most people are at. What do we do, Bishop? Farrakhan well, said something. I don't know how much you like him, but it's true. He said the police departments are upgrading their weapons. Many of our politicians are saying that the, we have found out the Klan is now on the police force. 
Bishop, I don't know about you because I don't know what circles you're running, but I'm telling you, the race war already started. Now, I know we're not in the flesh. I understand what you're saying. But what do we do on a practical level? Those that may not have that revelation you got, those carnal Christians that's most churches and those that's outside of church, do you care to answer that or you only want to address those that are in Christ? Well, you know, I go to the Capitol. I speak to the governor, the lieutenant governor, secretary of state, the attorney general, uh, the land commissioner. I speak, as a matter of fact, the lieutenant governor called the House and Senate together to have a special session that I might minister to both houses at one time. And practically speaking, I shared the word of God, prayed over them, and immediately the sitting governor was indicted. The head of the serpent was cut. The lieutenant governor came into the governorship, and I was his confidant for 10 years. And the governor that's there now lost his first go-around, and I went to his office to tell him why. I said there are people, practically speaking, attempt to put their call in all, and they have not put their call. They're all in their call. And what you leave outside of your call is the reason for your fall. So get practical with people that don't come half-stepping, skating, talking loud and saying nothing. Put your life on the line, and then you'll do fine. Well, he did it the next time. So now he's doing fine as governor. So practically speaking, if we are, quote, true apostles today, we have authority. If we're true prophets, we have a voice. If we're true evangelists, we have a heart. If we're true pastor teachers, then we are congregating God's people and facilitating the riches of Christ to the people. So all of this spirituality is overlaid on the practical things and you get the results that you're looking for. Now, I know Little Rock still has a problem, but we're yet here, and we'll be here until Jesus comes. So that's how you become practical. Take your spirituality and overlay it on the practical, and you'll get the results called kingdom. Okay, I'd like to make a comment. My comment is um, that sounds beautiful, and that's a lot of how I operate as well in spiritual matters and practical matters in my area here. But the other issue, the one, one of the other things that makes it so wonderful for, for us as a people is because we are also Judah. Well, many of us here are in, in the United States are Judah. And Judah carries the law. Is Judah has the law in it, uh, according to the scripture. And what I hear is that um, from you, Bishop, is that I hear the the, the um, typical Christianity that we were taught, as our ancestors were taught, coming out of slavery, and then we were able to pick up and begin to teach ourselves, and we began to become leaders in the churches. But um, there was a lot of information left out. So a lot of times we don't operate in the true power of the Most High because 
we were taught that we were Gentiles, and then we come into Christ to get our identity, which is not correct, because we are Hebrews, and we are being redeemed according to Scripture, and that redemption restores us in our power when we are in Christ. We are restored. We are Israel restored, which has great authority in the earth. Um, what I hear a lot of times from many, many, many churches, many, many of our pastors, and also not just our pastors, but pastors of every every nation that have come under this this sense of Christianity, that they are Gentiles coming and being grafted into Christ through the vine. Um, but what what for us as a people, still being oppressed being born again, being saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, mighty burning power, uh, uh, fire, but not walking in the true authority. Because many of us, many, many of us in our communities as black people are believers. Many are not, but there are many more of us that are believers. We don't understand who we truly are, and we do not know how to stop the violence that is coming against us. And so I want to make this comment because yesterday I had my, my grandchildren at the zoo, and my, my older granddaughter and I, we observed something very curious, and it, it made us laugh. And then it, I began to think about this interview that we were going to have today, and the father said, I want you to share this because it's really important for the, what I'm going to share. is really important for us to get our minds thinking about who we really are, because we're, it's not just that we're born again in Christ, but we are, the, we are Israel restored, born again. We are the Israel that the Most High wanted after he brought our ancestors out of Egypt the first time and brought us to the mountain to give us his laws and commandments. Well, now in the diaspora and all these countries where we've been oppressed, we are the restored Israel. Because not only have we accepted him, we've been born again into the spirit of what the Most High originally wanted for Israel so that we can fulfill the commandments of God in the earth and to restore the earth. So the comment I'm going to make is we observed a dove. Now, the dove was in a cage because they have an aviary. So there were many, many birds in this different cage. But we observed a dove trying to sit on a tortoise, a small tortoise, and trying to incubate that tortoise as if it was an egg. And we saw the tortoise putting his head out and his legs and trying to get away from the dove, but the dove was upon the tortoise. And we began to laugh, and I began to explain to my granddaughter because these two animals are in captivity, neither of them know who they are and what's going on. They don't know their purpose. The bird thinks it's an egg running away, and I'm pretty sure this, this bird is freaking out. Is why uh, see, Eliana, hold on one second. Finish your point. Those of you that clicked on the link to listen to the show, those of you that clicked on the link to listen to the show, you must call the phone line. We only contracted till now, and then we go over an hour. So, again, we're going to continue, but you must call the phone number, 914-205-5590. One more time, 914-205-5590. It should be right there in front of you, but you must call. The, you have 60 seconds now, okay? Go right ahead, sister. Okay, so, and I began to tell her that 
the the tortoise is running away because the tortoise doesn't understand. The dove wants to protect, cover, and warm the tortoise. But the tortoise is saying, I am not an egg. And the dove was trying to figure out why the egg is running away. And I told my granddaughter, it's because they are in captivity. And so it's just like our people, you know, um, to make comments and statements, and I've heard so many people make comments that, you know, we as a people are ignorant backwards, we are uneducated, we're unlearned. And usually when the people are making a statement, they it is as if they are the only ones that the Most High God has put on the planet to be the educated among the 40-plus million of us, which is completely incorrect. The Most High has many intelligent, smart, articulate, well read, uh, um, principled, moral, humble, believing people. They may not even go into a church, but they love the Most High. And many times they don't go into our churches because they have seen inconsistencies. They have seen white supremacy. They have seen racism. Even in our black churches, many times black pastors and leaders will say things like, God's going to bring beautiful people in here. And what they're talking about are people who are of mixed heritage uh, that might have flowing natural long hair because of their mixture. In other words, telling the, the, the Hebrew people with darker skin and woolly hair, you're not beautiful. You're not special until you have something inside of you. And that's self-hate. So what I'm saying is that a lot of what I hear, and I, I, did, I didn't do the extensive research that Seth did on you, but I did come across some of those statements, and some you clarified, some you weren't able to clarify. You haven't clarified them yet. But it just sounds to me a lot like what I've heard before in terms of talking around the people. You do a lot of rhyming, and that's wonderful. But you're not really getting deep. And I and I don't know your ministry. I'm not there, you know, to to really observe you on a daily basis. But I just what I hear, it we have to begin to love each other on a different level. Whether we're in Christ or not, we have to know that even here in this United States, as a people, we are still oppressed. We are not like all the other peoples in Christ or out of Christ. We are still persecuted. It's because of who we are. Whether we are in the body of Christ or not, we are still being persecuted. We are still being killed all the day long. We are still being systematically poisoned. We are still being oppressed. We are still being dumbed down. Our children are being targeted. Uh, they are putting uh, things in the in the chicken, if you will, to con- uh, to produce breast cancer in uh, black women in our communities. They are still putting in bad foods. And we are in Christ, and we love him, and we have the the Ruach, the Spirit, and we have the power of the Most High. But the Father is looking for us to also be very practical, because when the Messiah came, he was very, very clear. He said, I have only come to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now, we know that when he made disciples and when the Holy Spirit was given, he commissioned his disciples to go out and to preach the gospel in the world and into every creature. But we have to understand that Christ was God incarnate, and he came 
for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And he's still coming for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So it doesn't matter how many degrees in education, how how we can be um, accepted and acculturated and blend in and reach the heights of the secular society and, 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 and be invited to dinners and get the accolade of the nations, our heart must be to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And the other thing I want to say is the Most High says, comfort ye, comfort ye, my people. He never commands us to belittle, denigrate, put down, call names for his people. We are to comfort the house of Israel that is in the diaspora, whether they have come into the knowledge of the truth or not. And that is how we make disciples. The Most High will bring in the nations, as he said, but to the house of Israel, we must show special care. Sister Eliana, I wanted to see what the bishop had to say, please. Uh, and uh, Brother Agnew, uh, let's do this. Let's do this for the bishop, because he, he, if he, if he will, if he don't mind, I want him to really. Uh, I'm going to give him the floor to really talk to us, and I mean without us interrupting him. This is just kind of. I know y'all may not believe it, but this is kind of the opening. So, Brother Agnew, go ahead and have a few words, and then I just want the, the bishop to kind of talk to us. I'm interrupted. We're going to give him at least. Uh, we'll give him some time here. But, Brother Agnew, what's on your heart? You've heard a lot, and I know you love the bishop, and we love you. What's on your heart, brother, right now? Well, I was um, listening, and just a couple of things I was thinking about as you were speaking and I don't want to prolong because I want to hear what Bishop has to say, but I thought about what you were saying about the treasure in earthen vessels. Uh-huh. And um, I thought about the scripture that says, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. And I always make the distinction of the difference between in the flesh and after the flesh. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I notice how sometimes we can communicate in a way to say we need it practically broke down when in actuality it seems like we want to be after the flesh. And that's what I hear a lot, that people want to walk after the flesh and be more carnal and more natural in their state of mind concerning what the Lord is saying. And so the Apostle Paul said in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, he couldn't even speak to them as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, as unto babes, because they were not even able to hear what it was they really needed to be said. And he said the same thing in Hebrews chapter 5. You're dull of hearing. I really would like to say more, but you're dull of hearing. And I notice that's how it usually ends up in the body of Christ, that people really don't want to hear what's spiritual. They want to hear the natural explanations, the natural way of life, and they don't want to get into the spiritual talk. 
I think what you're saying is very true, but I don't want to shortchange the people. I promise, I, I promise, brothers and sisters, what the bishop has shared tonight, I don't think he was religious. Anybody think I think that you're wrong? I think he is right. I think he's right. I think what Brother Agnew just said is right. It's like two conversations going on. I don't know how we're going to pull it in the middle. I agree with everything they're saying. I'm listening to the scriptures and they're quoting it right on point. They have not misquoted one scripture. You don't know what they're saying. He just, no, I really do understand. I teach it. We just had a Bible study, you know, two weeks later, talking about any of them. I was teaching about how we're in Christ and the new man and how we're supposed to walk and the new man never sinned and the Christ, Christ, Abba, Father, and how these gifts operate, how the Spirit moves on us, it comes on us. Yeah, and we do great exploits. I understand. But the bishop just said something key. He said he went and talked to the governors. So he started in the Spirit. And the Spirit gave him instructions. He went in the natural, put on his natural pants, natural shoes, drove his natural car, had to have his driver's license, put his natural seatbelt on, went down there and probably had to wait and do a lot of natural things before he got to talk to this natural government, gave him natural instruction, and then they prayed in the Spirit, and some things broke in the Spirit. It was Spirit natural. That's all your brother is trying to say tonight. I don't always articulate things as nice as y'all do. But I promise, I just want to know, what do we need to do? What do we need to do? We're at the bottom of areas like education, health and medicine. Our families are led by single parents. Identity crisis, the bishop is saying he's right. Law, law enforcement, judicial. Foreign policy, where kids are involved with the military. While America is on this imperialism going across the world, destroying, maiming, killing none, so-called in the flesh, non-white people. What do we do? Environmental dangers, as Sister Eliana was talking about. I mean, socially, housing, accommodations, economics, economics. We need such soldiers. I I agree you got to get it from the spirit. But listen, Bishop. Brother Agnew, listen, folks, the civil rights, they didn't have all of the, I think they did hear from the fathers. I did. I do think Van uh, Luhame, a lot of them. But a lot of those people just went out there and just, yes, they was in the flesh, Brother Agnew. You're right. And y'all are right. You ain't got no amateurs. Sister Eliana, we're not, no, we're not pussyfooting around tonight. You're right. We understand life in the spirit. It's where it comes from. But you just can't stay there. We have to get in the natural. We might get shot. We might get martyred. We might lose our life trying to, you know, do some things out here trying to chase these knuckleheads. But we got to get out of here. We got to do something. And too many of us is in these churches, like the other one was saying, with all these long, and it really is true, but it's like bring it on down into the natural. I love what the bishop said. He do get natural at times. He talks about some, some people to vote. He even said some out and I never know the bishop to do. He said, I told my people not to vote for that man. I don't think a bishop should do that. That's just me. But I have to give him points. <laughs> he went and researched somebody, and according to his knowledge, his 
understanding and what he felt the Spirit was saying. He told us he's trying to mobilize people. I respect that. That's fighting in the natural. But when I ask this question, some kind of way I'm not pulling it out of y'all like maybe I feel like I should. So let's do this. Bishop, I'm going to say it again, and I'm going to let you answer it however way you want, and then we're going to uh, take a little break and come back and ask a more question, and then we're going to wrap up the show. So I want you to just take time. Everybody relax. Actually, I think what we'll do, we'll take a little short break, and then we'll come to And when we come back, we're going to let the bishop have the floor. I told him he would do the most talking, and he has not did the most talking, and I am a man of my words. This man is not going to lead his show without really letting us know. But Bishop, please, I beg of you, we need to make it practical. We understand the success of when you do it in the spirit. But what do we do if you, if, a, if a shooting broke out right now, if they just start, if a riot broke out right now in Little Rock? I want you to come back and tell everybody what you would do, because that's exactly what's going on in some of our neighborhoods. Are y'all okay with a little short break? Everybody, talk to me, talk to me. Everybody? Yeah, that's fine. Okay, all right, we'll be right back, folks. Again, everybody, you're listening to Five Smooth Songs. I apologize for us not taking a break earlier, but this is hot. This is serious, serious, serious. And um, the bishop is in the house, the one and only bishop, Robert E. Smith, Sr. I hope I'm respecting him. I hope I'm being kind to him. I hope I'm treating him like I treat many of you with much dignity and respect. I love all people, and like I say, nothing you can do about it. I'm not playing with this, folks. I'm very serious. We're just trying to find out why he says some of the things. We've kind of moved off that, and hopefully we'll get on now, since we're not going to address a lot of the comments, it looks like. Hopefully we'll get on now um, just some practical things that Kaepernick can do, some practical things that if there a riot broke out right now, what should we do? Like right now, folks knock on his church. Bishop, they shoot, pow, pow, here in the background. People say, oh, that ain't happening. Yes, it is. It really is. Y'all hear all those areas I named? It really is. Folks, we'll be right back. Just a little short break here. Hallelujah. Lord, have mercy. Let me say, we are soldiers in the army. We got to fight, although we have to cry. Y'all forgot that one? We've got to hold up the blood-stained band. We've got to hold it up. Do I have my son in the junior choir like me? Say, we are soldiers, we... Although 
I, I, I didn't do all, all the research, but I, I looked in, and yes, he does have an academy that's 30 years old. Yes, he has saints that pray 6 o'clock in the morning. You can't belittle it, folks. And, and it goes on and on. He's an author. He's traveled the world like I have. I've been to 24 countries. I don't know how many he's been, but we've been around. You know, we've done some things. So I'm saying the, the brother is not just blowing smoke. He's not. But I just have trouble with you got one out of every 300 person know what he's talking about. Do we wait on those people to get that together and not and ignore all the massive power we have as voters and we have our dollars? We just wait on everybody to get in Christ and get this revelation and enjoy the success that World, world of Outreach uh, Center enjoy? Bishop, he got some for us. I guarantee you that. And yeah, we're gonna let this bishop talk uninterrupted, starting right now for ten minutes, folks. If you got questions, Sister Eliana, Brother Agnew, hold them because the bishop got the floor for the next at least ten minutes, maybe more. It's ten twenty, brother. Go ahead, do your thing. Please comment on what, uh, anything in your heart right now. Please answer my question if possible. Are you saying I have ten? Un- one more, one more, one more. You got the floor, brother. We're not saying nothing. <laughs> Thank you, Brother Turner. Appreciate that. Uh, we, uh, as believers, are yet stuck in the flesh. And it's difficult for God to use us because if he put us in harm's way, We'll die before our time, which so many do anyway, go on their own and have not been delivered over to or been sent, but they went on their own, and they took a lot of baggage with them. And I remember uh, my first trip to South Africa. That was before Nelson Mandela was released from prison. And I was sharing the message on God's divine apartheid system. And people were appalled at first. They were aghast. They were absolutely beside themselves. I'm talking about in the townships as well as in the more modern areas. Same message. But eventually, the eyes opened for some of them, and they began to respond in ways that was just better than the U.S., I would say, because the U.S. has a sophisticated apartheid system, uh, which is more difficult to deal with unless you are a real practitioner of the revelation of Christ. But at any rate, and having gone back some at least 30 times over the years, Things remain the same. When people are in the dark concerning flesh and spirit, things get worse and not better. And and I will say this, and I'm, I'm thankful that I will not be interrupted for the next eight minutes, that being stuck in the flesh include concluding ourselves as something that is substandard to what Christ made us to be. He didn't save us to make us Hebrews. He didn't save us to make us Israelites. He saved us, according to Ephesians 5, 
to be a part of his flesh, his body, and bones. He saved us to be a part of the body of Christ. Now, I understand that there are Israelites, there are Hebrews, but they will operate in a substandard way during the millennial reign of Christ. Jesus says it himself when he was speaking. You can pick it up in Matthew 19. He was talking to his apostles and said, those of you that followed me, in the regeneration when the Son of Man shall sit on the throne of his glory, ye shall also sit upon 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel, the ones that are found and the ones that are lost. All 12 will be there, subjugated to the apostles, because they are the apostles of the Lamb. Now, the rest of us will be operating over five cities, over ten cities, and those are good, faithful, and wise, operating over all that he has. So our problem, contextualized, is that we're stuck in the flesh and we're powder-puffing flesh by making it to be something that God never intended for it to be in the first place. Now, Paul said, I got some problems with people that are in Christ who insist on hanging on to flesh. Second Corinthians 11. He says, now get this, verse 16. Let no man think me a fool. No man think me a fool. Otherwise, yet as a fool, receive me that I may boast myself a little. That which I speak, I speak it not after the Lord, but as it were foolishly, confidence of boasting, seeing that many glory after the flesh. And we know that Paul said flesh is nationality, family pedigree, religiosity, classism, and all the rest of the stuff that Christ eliminated on that cross. He says people, the believers, are yet glorying in the flesh. Highlighting and powder puffing blackness, highlighting and powder puffing whiteness, brownness, yellowness, redness, all flesh. Then he says, I will glory also. Ye suffer fools gladly, and ye yourselves are wise. Now, here is the paradoxical nature of the new birth. We're in the flesh, but we do not war after the flesh. We are in these earthen vessels. In order that God will be magnified through the excellency of the power and not our fleshly wisdom, ethnicity, culture, class, or anything else, the power of God is there to be glorified. You say, but you put up with fools gladly. Then he said, you suffer if a man bring you into bondage, if a man devour you, if a man take of you, if a man exhort himself, if a man smite you on the face, then he goes down and says, are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I'm more. But then when you couple that with what he said to the church at Philippi, he says, I suffer the laws of all things and do count them but don't. Rubbish, garbage, something smelly. 
So what Christ has done for us is so far better than what we ever were in the flesh that to negate that by laying hold of that and hanging on to that and celebrating that is an affront to the finished work of Christ. And so, therefore, the Lord lends us to our own desires, and all we do is end up in frustration because that's what happens when there is no elimination of the erroneous distinctions that are in Christ. It's a bunch of flesh and hostility. Paul says it very clearly in in Ephesians chapter 2. He says the middle wall was broken down that was between us. And not only was the middle wall broken down, but the veil that separated us from God was torn from top to bottom. Now that we can worship, we can fellowship one another. But if we don't have a revelation of the elimination of the wall, we don't have a revelation of the elimination of the veil either. Paul, or the writer in Hebrews, said the veil was the flesh of Christ, Hebrews chapter 9. So if we can't get past the flesh mess, including Christ's flesh, because he says when we thus judge that Christ died for all, then all the dead and those of us who live should no longer live to ourselves, but unto him that died and rose again, the wherefore and the henceforth come together that we know no man after the flesh, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet henceforth know we him no more. Why? Because when we're in Christ, we're new creations, new creatures. The old is gone, the new has come, and all things are of God. So, anytime we as believers speak about flesh, we're speaking death. And if we're not delivered over to death for Jesus' sake, then we're going to end up with bad blood, prostate cancer, aneurysms, heart attacks, strokes, and everything else that come with hypertension and meddling with death. Paul said, I find in my flesh no good thing. The will is present, but I will perform it. I can't find it. Who's going to deliver me from the body of this death? Black flesh, white flesh, any other kind of flesh. Who's going to deliver me from the body of this death? Well, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, that is a renewed mind, I myself means a new man serves the law of God. But with the flesh, the law of sin. So as long as we are highlighting anything that has to do with the flesh, including being an Israelite or Hebrew or whatever, you can put an adjective to modify the noun, whatever modification we make, it ends up in death. So when people say, you're a good black brother, I say, your mama. That's another pungent statement. And people get upset because they don't know what mama I'm speaking of. The mama that I'm speaking of is in Galatians 4, where it says, the Jerusalem that is above and free is the mother of us all. The other mothers are in bondage with her children. That is, Hagar, who is Mount Sinai in Arabia, that, that's generous to bondage, which are the Muslims. They're the Arabs. They're in bondage. And the Jerusalem that now is, that is, over in Palestine, they're in bondage with 
their mother. So it doesn't matter who your mama is. If your mama is not above and free, we're in bondage. So let's stay out of the flesh mess to get God's best. And then what we need to do when God has confidence enough to deliver us over to death for his sake, then we do what we do out of character for the gospel's sake. But the life also of Jesus will be manifest in our flesh and act like a Pac-Man and consume death so we don't die. We don't contract diseases and wither away like we never knew Christ. So we got to be delivered from the flesh mess. How much more time do I have before I'm interrupted? You've got three more minutes. You can just keep going, brother. I'm just I'm letting you. I will say this, though, Bishop. I'm going to tell you, I'm just going to be a straight shooter. Again, as a host, I promise you, I'm listening to learn. I'm trying to learn something. I haven't learned anything, and this is a good thing because I agree with you is what I'm trying to say. A lot of people are hearing this for the first time, and they're saying, I never heard that. And that's a shame that their ministers are not teaching them that. I've been taught that for a long, long time, and, I'm, and, and even in coaching, coaching didn't teach it to me. I had to go into some other churches, and and uh, uh, the gentleman by the name of Kenneth Hagan had wrote a book called In Him that kind of started it. And I know you know Kenneth Hagan. I'm not gonna even ask you if you know him. And this mother brothers kind of came along, and Andrew Womack is another good minister. And uh, these are ministers. They weren't my Holy Ghost. I ain't nobody my Holy Ghost. They bring it up, and the Holy Spirit say yes or no. So the Holy Spirit is my teacher, but. I understand what you're saying, but there's 39 million, probably 668,348 people that don't. They have ballots, they have dollar bills, they have marching feet, they have their mouth, they have uh, all types of ways to sway governments here and there. You'll probably say they're in the flesh. They are, but they get things done, and guess who benefits from us? from it. Many of us that know these things you're talking about. I don't trivialize Martin, Malcolm, any of those people. I agree they're in the flesh. Brother Brother uh, Agnew said it earlier. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. I tell you that all the time. You know, your brother was one of the ones that sold a strong seed in me. You know, and I, I've been, I've cast out demons uh, since then, and your brother played a, a part in imparting to me that there's a world outside of this world. I'm with you, but the show tonight was twofold. One of them was to address the the comments you made, and uh, it'd be nice if we got an apology for him. Because they're still out there just hanging. Did the bishop say that? Did he mean it? You know, people really tune in for that. Although we're not going to beat you up or anything like that, you got to know that the saints really don't want to know. But you might say, that's in the flesh. That's in the flesh. But just know this. Those comments was in the flesh as well. You talked about pastors, black pastors, that are new creation. And you didn't call them a new creation. You say, I don't want to meet with none of them. <laughs> So, let me, let me you know, go ahead. Let, let, let me address that because I just stated a few moments ago about using adjectives to modify our nounness. And when you say black pastors, you're saying hostile pastors, 
because black is hostile, white is hostile, all flesh is hostile, not only <clears throat> against God, but against one another. And any time we use a adjective to modify a noun to bring hostility to surface, we are only creating problems for ourselves. That's what I meant when do, I said black pastors. I, black I, pastors, I, I understand. I understand. You've said it several times, that. and I love the way you repeat because you want us to get it. And, again, what's the craziest thing about this conversation is I do get it. That's what's going to be crazy when I hang up. Everything he said, I agree. I'm not, you know, I, y'all think I'm just saying this because this is the bishop. Let me say this real quick, bishop. Now you can. Let me just say this: We're not playing tonight. The Father is beholding our, our our words. I honestly agree with him. He have not said one thing. I disagree. I don't know if Sister Eliana would say that. She, 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 let me make sure her line is open. Hold on. Okay, everybody's line is open. Agnew, everybody's line is open. But I really agree. I teach it. I just also teach that black folks are asking, who am I? Why am I here? Why was I put on slave ships? Why am I housed led by women? And they don't know that Moses said, I think on Mount Horeb, Israel. These things are going to be upon you forever. Deuteronomy 28, verse 46. He tells them all these things that's going to be upon the Israelites, whoever they are, wherever they are. Many of you disagree with what me and Cecilia are saying. I understand that. But whoever they are, wherever they are, Moses said these things are going to be upon you forever. You're going to constantly repeat, constantly repeat, constantly repeat. And he said things like this. You're going to be put in slave ships, taken to a strange land, sold as slaves. Nobody will buy you back. Your house is going to be led by women. Your good men will not father their children because of the siege. <laughs> be scattered throughout the four corners. When we look at Deuteronomy 28, Leviticus 26, we see African Americans living it out. The ministers don't want to talk about it. Well, in the spirit, none of that matters. But wouldn't it matter? It mattered to me. Listen, I went to Calvary Cathedral. Holler at you, Bob Nichols. That's the same pastor of Kenneth Copeland. I went there many years. I was praying for the sick, brother. I'm not, if I'm, if people know me on this line right now. I'd be lying if I didn't say it. I was doing what your brother was doing after I began to see that we had the power to do so. I was I was being used as the gifts of the Spirit. But when I found out who I was in the flesh, no, it's not more important than you, what you're saying. Yes, what you're saying is ten times more important, maybe ten thousand times. I'm going to say it again. And we're going to get a mic back to the bishop because I'm going to let him roll again. Y'all going to hear it. If all is over, he's going to do the most talking. We got we got 20 minutes, and I guarantee you 10 of those minutes he's going to talk. But i got to say this. I was being used of the Father. People used to call me, Brother Seth, we got this thing going on. Come pray. We got this girl got a demon or something that's going on. Can you come pray? I was praying for the sick. He would always call me. One year alone, the Father used me to win like 70 people. That may not be a lot to some of y'all, but for one person, you know, that was a lot. But guess what? When I saw white ministers, I acted weird. I didn't know it. Because the Father showed me, you're suffering from white supremacy. All you have ever been taught is the American way. All of your college, high school, elementary. It's whitewash. You don't know the world. You don't know who you are because your oppressors have taught you. Then I say, Father, can I change the character? That's where five smooth thoughts come from, those five questions. 
And, and he gave me five answers, five questions. I'm going to talk fast because I want to give the mic back to you, Bishop. But I asked the Father, Father, what's with everybody saying you're getting ready to use the black man? You're getting ready to use the black man in 1987. What's with everybody saying this? This sounds racist for those of you that think I'm racist. Everybody was saying, God is getting ready to use a black man. White ministers, God is getting ready to use a black man. Kenneth Copeland, God is getting ready to use a black man. Joel Olsen, God is ready to use a black man. I mean, all these people, God is getting ready to use a black man. God is getting ready to use a black man. I'm saying, why? Why would God use a black man? It's because he's black. It's kind of racist. And then I said, so, Father, what's with that? I said, what's with this so-called Illuminati, World War Government, New World Order? What's really going on? I can't trust ABC, NBC. Just a child on his, on his father's knee. A bishop? A brother Agnew? Eliana? family and friends, I just went sit on his knees, so to speak, ask him, I just want to know what's going on. And then I asked him this question, y'all listening. I said, I don't care what color you are, but there are people saying that you was black, that, that Jesus was black. I said, Father, I don't care what color the Messiah is, but was there anybody in the Bible look like me? I asked him that. Then I asked him, can I see the world? I didn't ask to be here in America, and everything is, 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 is you know, can I see the work? Can I see another perspective? I asked him that. And I got the chance to see 24 countries. But I'm crying out. It's not a regular prayer. I'm crying out. I'm, I'm at my end because I'm tired of these white folks at this point in my life. I know what the bishop is saying, but I'm talking about where I was at then. Make it real quick. And then I asked the Father, can I understand the book of Revelation? Tired of hitting Southern Hal Lindsey, all these white ministers, because they racist. Father TBN is racist. They know the Messiah wasn't black. They won't take that white image down. They storm. Tired of all this whitewashed Christianity, as the other was saying. Father, help me. Help me. This is what Kenneth Copeland said that set all this off. He says, I got something to tell you, black people. And I'm telling you, when I tell you, you're going to tear up this convention center. But I can't tell you right now. That didn't set it right with me. So I'm like, why am I waiting at, the, at, at his feet? Where you at, Father? So I prayed these prayers. Why are you using the black man? What's really going on? Were there blacks in the Bible? Can I see the world? Folks, I want y'all to listen to your brother very careful. He showed me. He answered me. And those answers we call five smooth stone, and that's what you are tuned in to die. The network, five minutes on. That's all we talk about is these five topics, as as well as the kingdom of God. He showed me it's not a black thing, just like the brother saying tonight. The father used somebody called black. You know why he's using the black man in the end? It's the, 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 the why he's using people that look black? Because it is a big difference what's going on in the body of Christ. There's a shift going on, and you cannot look at the flesh all you want to. The father is using the black man. It's not because he's black, though. It's because what he is bringing forth now so-called white ministers in the flesh will not talk about it. And one of them is who these niggas are in these 40, these 40 million, in these 52 states. Who are they? Smith ain't your name. Who are you? They got you from a place that don't look like your name. Who are you? Moses said Israel will be put in slave ships. Why do we put in slave ships? Why do we mimic all of Deuteronomy 28 and Leviticus 26 more than any other people? Okay, you don't want to talk about it. I understand. I understand. I'm not trying to be facetious. God is my witness. Maybe it's not for you to talk about. But somebody doggone got to tell these young people who they are. 
And then once they figure out who they are, brother, this is what I do with the young people. Once they know who they are, I say, you're Israel. You've been split here because your forefathers did not pass down those lineages and precepts. He said he would do it to us. We are Israel. We are the most documented people on earth. I say, it's really, David's blood is running through your vein. Your spit is full of Israelite. You are Israel. And then when he starts, I want to know more about it. I start talking about the Messiah, how you have to turn to him. And then I introduce to them life in Christ. These tragedies and earthen vessels. Sins washed away. We stand before him blameless in love. It's not a hook, but it is a hook. It lets them know, and I don't use it for that reason. I'm just saying it gets their attention because otherwise they don't understand this religion. There was nobody holding in that Bible black, white. That's what the Father showed me. Can I I didn't mean to talk that much. Go ahead, sister, and then we're going to let the pastor let it run out. We just got to talk a little more. I I didn't mean to apologize. I just, I had to say that. Go ahead, sister. Okay, so I also want to say that, you know, I was also being used and still being used in five-fold ministry and uh, took a tour in in, uh, um, 2000 with a a Christian group, and uh, I was the only Hebrew, just put it like that. Because <laughs> you you guys know very very little do I ever mention the word white. If you've listened to any of my blogs, my broadcasts, very little do I use that word. I say the people or people or you know, but I never use it. I don't say that word very often. But I was the only Hebrew, and I'll put it like that because when I went to Israel with that tour group, and they were said, oh. More of you should come to Israel. I was on a bus, okay, and I speak four or five languages, and we had a we had a couple on the bus from France, and they got on our bus because they didn't understand, and I was the only one able to translate and tell them, you know, what was going on, the sites and stuff in Israel. And one of the women got angry with me because I could translate because I speak French fluently, I speak Spanish, I speak Mandarin, I speak Hebrew, and you know I speak English. So um, we were able to get them on their bus. But when I was in Israel, the Spirit of the Lord held me back. Everybody was like, oh, this is wonderful, beautiful. Oh, we're walking in places where Jesus walked. But the Spirit of the Lord held me back. And this was the first time I had ever heard it. Eighteen years ago, the Spirit of the Lord says, this is the land of your ancestry, and I will bring you back. I had been in church. My father is a pastor. My grandfathers were pastors. I grew up. I, I, I'm five, six generations deep in the church concerning uh, being a believer. Blood Powerful pastors. Ministry. Powerful pastors. Powerful pastors. But this is what nobody ever told me. Because, see, I grew up going to school. They taught me the diary of Anne Frank. They taught me uh, that the Jews were these Ashkenazis over in Europe that are now, you know, here. And I was supporting the Jews. We were supporting. Our church was one of the biggest supporters of Israel. God's people. No, nobody has a problem with that if, they, if they're looking like that. 
Nobody has a problem saying, oh, God is fulfilling his word, bringing the Jews back into their land. But when I stepped foot in the land, two things happened. I doubled over. I began to weep. I began to repent like I'd never repent. I didn't even know where it was coming from. I was laid prostrate on the ground. I was crying. And, and the leader in my group said, oh, she's having an emotional experience. But I was weeping and I was repenting. And I was asking God to forgive our people. I didn't even know where it came from. And then the father said, this is the land of your ancestry, and I will bring you back. I was already saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, been used in the fivefold ministry, married, had children, going forth in the things of God in my church. But I, I never forget how the leaders were looking at me because the leaders were not Hebrew. And it was a multicultural church. And they were always afraid. They, it's like they looked at me like I knew something that I didn't even know yet. But I'm just trying to say, if these things don't matter, then why? Why is it that the president of these United States just signed a bill into law saying we have been here for 400 years for next year, August 2019, that we have been here 400 years? If we got to walk in the spirit, and all of this stuff really doesn't matter because it's all paid for in Christ, as we've been told. Let me ask See, you. that's what they told us to keep us from understanding who we are. Real quick, let me ask you, just so all the listeners will understand our spirit. I believe with all my heart that what Brother the Bishop is saying is ten times more important than what we're talking about right now. Do you agree? I don't agree. I think it's just, it's twofold. We do need to walk into in the spirit, but there's two things happening here. Years ago, I heard a, 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 a white male on, I believe it was Phil Donahue. He was trying to explain the revelation of rapture and what was going to end the tribulation period. And then he made a statement. Somebody asked him, well, what about the Jews? And he said, the church is going to get out of here. But the Jews are going to have to go through the tribulation. I don't know what's going to happen to those people. Well, the word of God is completely full of scriptures of what's going to happen to Israel. But the, the, the perspective was the church is going to get up out of here and all the bad stuff is going to happen to the Jews or, quote, unquote, the Hebrews. Now, I don't know how much that man knew about who we are, but we are fulfilling the scripture even saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost in our churches, preaching and teaching, we're still fulfilling the scripture. All right, Sister Eliana, if you don't mind, I know you, but I got to, I promise, I think the brothers talk probably a little bit more, but I want to give him some more, more time, and I want him to run the last leg. Brother Bishop, Bishop Robert E. Smith, I disagree with Sister Eliana. Uh, maybe I am kind of agreeing with her as far as it being twofold. I guess I should say it like that. But I really think what you're saying is more important. Here's why. My mother died, and she didn't know nothing about no Israelite thing, nothing. And I know she's with the Father. and she, Her life changed many. Uh, my stepfather was a spitting image of, I'm not going to say you, but he was right down the vein. We're not talking about no Rudy Proof believers. We're talking about folks that changed their environment, got people saved, and led good examples, okay? Not not to mention cast out devils as well, spoken tongues, just like y'all do. Now, my stepdaddy, I went, I've been to Israel nine times. He went with me, and he saw 
Okay, my mother, I don't think she understood it. You don't have to know nothing about what sociologists said. That's why I say it's more important. But i tell you one thing. When I was at Calvary Cathedral, Bob Nichols, and I was going there and blessed and all the things you were talking about earlier, brother, when I found because I've been asking questions of why. Why are we at the bottom? What do we ever do to those people? Why? And then I asked those five questions. What's with the black man using the black man? Why everybody saying that? You know, is there blacks in the Bible? I don't care, Father, but is there? Were there? Can I understand the book of Revelation? Can I travel the world? When I begin to ask these questions, my, my, my. My, my, my. He loved me. And he answered, listen, Bishop, I want you to ask you this question. I promise you, and you see tonight, we kept our word. We didn't disrespect you. I don't think I did. Raise my voice a few times. I'm more than willing to have you back on, and we're going to try to even give you more time next time. Are you willing to come on, or do you think you'd be interested? Let's just just say that right now. If so, we can do a part two, and that way we have some bit of, a little bit of, I mean, what do you think? Talk to me. Well, we uh, we are delighted to come on and delighted to hear what's being said because I think if we don't have the capacity for consideration, we'll never get a revelation of what is being spoken of. We'll never have understanding. <clears throat> the apostle says, consider what I say. And the Lord give the understanding. Give the understanding in all things. So consideration it means several different things, but one of the things it means from Scripture is having a capacity for truth. Well, listen. Comes, so you are willing to come on, correct? Next week. Can sure. we do next week? Um, all right, next listen. Week. This is what I'm going to do. If the bishop is willing to come on, I'm going to double the audience. What that means is, I think I shared it to 50 organizations. I'll share it to 100 organizations because I have that many people that I can just send a link to. We're going to pack out the house. I promise all of the members of this of this church uh, that look, tune in hear their bishop, and, and maybe you might not be happy with as much as he talked. At least I'm thinking that maybe y'all might like how, Let's do this. Let's do this. Look at the phone lines real quick. Uh, anybody that's a member of the uh, Word of Outreach uh, Center, please press 1, and, and just and we're going to give you literally one minute. <laughs> I just want to know what you think of the show tonight quickly. I just want to, I want to think if you thought your bishop got enough time and how we treated the bishop. I never did this before on my show. Really quickly, don't be shy, y'all. Now, I just need one person to press 1 if you're a member of the church, and, uh, and just... Don't be shy. We ain't. We don't bite. And uh, just tell me, how do we do? How do we treat your bishop tonight? But bishop, we'll do. Are you able to come on next week? While well, I'm thinking about pressing one, are you able to come on next week? Next Tuesday. I know you said you you wanted to come on, but are you able to come on next Tuesday? Yeah. The same as tonight. We'll we'll do it. All right. Well, listen. This is what I promise. I promise you. I'm going to continue listening to your messages. I am not 
patronizing you right now. I'm not trying to kiss up to you right now, but I really suggest everybody listen to the sound of my voice. Go and listen to why this man is so much on this in him, why he's so much on this new man. He's got, I mean, he's, he talks about this nonstop. And I promise you, well, actually, my wife, I'm going to tell you all a little secret. My wife said, I talked to my wife. I said, do you think I talk about it? She said, you do, but you don't talk about that much. I said, her name is Arlene. I said, Arlene, so you telling me that I don't talk about the new man? She said, you do. You do, but not a lot. So I'm thinking, you know, that's my own wife. If she say I don't, guess I don't either. But I promise you. Vosmus don't know. I talked about it all the time. So anyway, Bishop, you're on next week. Brother Agnew, I want to love to hear from you uh, more on next week. And if y'all want to bring somebody on, fine. And we'll let you continue where you left off. And where you left off was talking about any We'll let you continue down the vein. If you want to talk about the comments, fine. But, I mean, I don't know what to say. I'm not going to push your arm. I, I would like for you to be more practical if you can. And I think I... I just, I just think that I'm thinking about 39 million people that don't understand. None of you say, what are they going to do? They got ballots, dollars, mouth, marching feet. They just wait. I mean, what do they do? What do they do? So we can't talk about it right now. So I want to thank all of you for coming on the show. But Agnew, go ahead and have last words, and then I'm going to let the bishop have final words, and then we're going to wrap up this show. Please, let's make it less than two minutes if you can. Please, I beg you. Actually, one minute. We got four minutes. Please give me one minute um, um, conclusion here. Thank you so much for letting us come on. <clears throat> I'll look forward to the next episode. All right, Bishop, you got one minute. And, again, we'll have you guys on next week. And I promise you next week you'll be able to talk a lot more. And uh, I think people understand the spirit by which I operate here. If I was start, we ain't on no witch hunt. We love you, and we love your brother, and we love your your daughter for her. her, her. And I mean it. I, I, I've just been thinking about it all day long, how you've had these two tragedies in your your, your life. And, and I think the father was trying to tell me basically – this is what you're dealing with. I don't. I can't say it. I'm not gonna put that on you. But I, I looked at you a little different after I realized that was your brother, and you had two losses. People serving. My, my, my. Please, one minute, and then we're gonna close out this show quickly, quickly. Well, thank you again, and we look forward to being back with you. I will leave you with this from Genesis to Revelation. There are two. Men that are spoken about Is the first man The second man The first Adam The last Adam We come in In one We're born again And go into another The both are confederate heads Of two humanities We need to know About this new humanity And we'll talk about it Amen. Well, I appreciate that. Both of y'all lines are muted now, and I'm going to go to Sister Eliana, please, in like 30 seconds. Give me a final, and we're going to wrap up the show. I don't want it to cut off on us. And I enjoyed them brothers so much. They just don't know. Okay, and shalom. And it was actually very good and very refreshing for me. Um, I do understand the bishop, and it reminds me of what the the Mashiach was saying to to Israel when he was on the earth. He was speaking to them of spiritual things. He always said, the kingdom of heaven is like, and they were in the natural, and he was trying to elevate them. So I totally understand what the bishop is saying. It really was a pleasure and an honor. 
uh, for me to participate in this way, and I'm looking forward to uh, our next encounter. Blessings. And All right. We do have a question that went up, but you went up a little too late, so we'll have to catch you next time, okay, because we've got final seconds here. I love every single one of y'all. Oh, my goodness, I surely do. And uh, hopefully we did these brothers, these men of God justice. I really want everybody to go check out what they're doing. They're no joke. These folks is not playing, and neither are we. I hope we was able to earn some things. Uh, good night. Love every single one of y'all, and there's nothing you can do about it. He's done so much for us. Amen. Can we thank God for all that he's done? We thank you, Jesus. Thank you for giving us your all, God. And in response, Lord, we just want to give our all back to you, Lord, and just say yes. God, you've done so much. How can we not give you our lives? How can we not give you our hearts, our gifts, our thoughts, God? We want to give it all to you, Jesus. We surrender our lives to you, Lord, and simply say yes to your plans, to your word, to your truth. We say yes to you, Jesus. Hallelujah. If that's your prayer this morning, you can lift your hands and sing with us. Even before we sing, we lift our hands. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.